Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning and welcome, everybody, to the Mojo Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through this, the world of sports on this cold Saturday morning. The Mojo Sports Show is coming to you live from the Totally Driven Entertainment Studios. It's brought to you by Bay Ragney and Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. On today's show, we have a packed show, got March Madness and full throttle right now going forward. Obviously, we're going to break down the first two days, going over all the games. I'm going to have a couple of callers call in. We're going to talk college basketball today, and I'm going to be analyzing each game, going over the scores of the first two games, and I'm previewing today and tomorrow's games. After tomorrow, there'll only be 16 teams left, so we're moving along. It hasn't been the exciting tournament as far as upsets, but you're getting some good basketball. You're seeing the good teams step to the forefront. You've seen the great players step up. You haven't seen the upset, really the big upset. You had one five twelve upset, but I would even call it an upset as Middle Tennessee State was actually favorite in the game. So I wouldn't even call that game an upset. So you've had a lot of uh, teams that are winning that are supposed to win. And, you know, we're going to go over all that today. Maybe today and tomorrow we'll see some upsets. But so far it really hasn't been the big upset all the the top four four seeds, everybody's advanced. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to definitely be uh, seeing who could – we're going to look at today and see if there's any possible upsets out there today and tomorrow we're going to look at today. We're also going to go through the Mojo Bracket Challenge, just through the standings. We have, 30, we have 33 entries this year, so it's a pretty high amount. So we're going to go through all those and uh, check them out and uh, see who's uh, – who's winning and who's losing. We've got a pretty close race at the top. It's only two days, so now the points double going into the next round. So every round going forward, the points will double. So that'll be a lot of fun. We're going to go through that today. We're going to be doing a lot of college. We're going to start off with some college, and then we're going to do a lot of college in the last hour because I want to do it in the last hour because we're going to have games starting so I can have a live game while I'm doing it. It will be nice. And uh, you know, also it's just, just bang out a lot. We're going to have some callers to talk about college. And, uh, you know, throughout the show we'll be talking, like always, even if I'm talking, if somebody calls asking about baseball or football, if you call in college any time of the show, you know, like it's, this show's always been very versatile as we'll go with the subject. So there's no, you know, obviously if I'm doing a football segment, I want to keep it to football. But when it's an open forum, you guys can call and talk about anything you want, as always. So, We'll be having at 11 o'clock, I'm going to have PDV and 
Dudu Brown coming on to do some football. JPP staying with the Giants, so we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about some of the you know the running backs. We'll see what's going on with them. You know, we're going to have uh, obviously Lynch. They're talking about Lynch coming out of retirement now to play for the Raiders, which is crazy. And uh, you know, AP can't find a job. He's got to drop his price. He's still looking for over ten million a year. He's not getting that. Latarius Murray signed with the Vikings, so. Vikings have moved on from AP at this point. So it'll be interesting to see where AP ends up now. That That's going to be the topic of discussion. And plus, we're going to start today with our little look at the draft. And today, we're going to look at defensive linemen and linebackers in the draft today with TVV and, and Joe. So we're going to do that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that at 11, in the 11 o'clock hour with them. Also, they're going to be doing some baseball throughout the show. You're obviously spring training with two weeks, 14 days from opening day, really 13 days because the season starts on the Sunday. There's like three games. I believe the Yankees open up against Tampa that day as well. And then the Mets on Monday, April 3rd, me and Little Mojo will be going to that game, so looking forward to that. And uh, so we're going to be talking some baseball. We're going to be talking some more baseball classes. It is, they have been some exciting games. I was up late watching the USA-Puerto Rico game last night. What a game. Puerto Rico held on. You know, the, the big era, the 6-5 to five final, the big era, the Arenado in the eighth inning, second and third, two out. Ground ball to third, took a bad hop, but he threw the ball in the dirt and two runs scored. And it ended up being the difference because in the ninth inning, Crawford, Brandon Crawford tripled in two runs to cut it back to one run, which would have gave them the lead. He was thrown out at third, and they called him safe going for a triple on that, and he was clearly out by, like, over a foot. But it was a bad call, but they got away with it. And uh, so, you know, and uh, they were, but they were able to hold on. Edwin Diaz really looks good, a good relief pitcher. Funny thing is, in fantasy, I couldn't get a pick for the guy. And I finally, I got a pick from Eric from Canossi, who calls a lot here, who's made a deal, got him and Evan Gaddis for his draft pick. And so good move by Eric and Edwin Diaz as he's done closer. If you watch last night, you just see why. The guy just electric stuff, really. So good for them. We're also going to be talking to some NBA and NHL. We'll go through some standings, you know, as time dictates as well. But really today is going to be a lot of college basketball and a lot of from NFL and baseball mixed in. That'll be most of the day. But obviously college basketball takes center stage right now as it's, uh, you know, March Madness is in full effect. So we'll be going through that. We're on the 56th show, guys. I'll tell you, it's been some run. I want to thank everybody for you, for all the listeners and calls every week. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it strong. And, uh, you know, the listeners are growing every week. The audience is bigger every week. So, the show's really rising and really, you know, through this year, it's really made took big, you know, made a big move. And, uh, you know, I couldn't do it without all you people out there listening and calling in, so I appreciate you. And let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. Let's see where we can take this, you know. So so that's that. And uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's seen yesterday, uh, you know, the Seton Hall game and uh, the controversial call yesterday with Arkansas. Now, I understand people go crazy. That's first of all, it should have never been a flagrant foul. Obviously, he's just fouling. At the end of the game, stop the clock. To call a flagrant foul there was just ridiculous, okay? That was the first thing. Now, he ended up missing one of the two. 
and then they had a foul when he hit the next two. So he three out of four, but he would have got two. Now you could say that cost them one or two points, but it did it did cost them at the chance at the end to get a shot to tie the game, which you know, which obviously hurt them. But I mean, referees can't be making a call like that in the tournament. I mean, that's not a flagrant foul. The guy flopped. The guy actually flew on the floor and he got pushed, so he sold it good. But you can't you can't call that. Not with a game on the line like that. You can't do it. So, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what the what the NCAA has to say about that, and uh, go forward with that. But looking at it now today, obviously, we're going to go over all the games. You know, but I just want to set the stage for today first. So let's look at today's schedule. So the first game today, twelve ten, Notre Dame at West Virginia. So that's at 12:10 on CBS. Then at 2:40 at TB on CBS, Wisconsin and Villanova, the number one seed, Villanova. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, Villanova is the favorite, maybe to win it again. But then at 5:15 on CBS, number one Gonzaga against Northwestern, who's on a great run. Let's see if Northwestern can keep it up. Then at 6:10, 11th. Seeded Xavier versus third seeded Florida State. That'll be on TNT at six ten. On TBS at seven ten. Middle Tennessee State who pulled the upset, but like we were talking, wasn't really an upset as they were favored in the game over Minnesota. And then Butler, they faced fourth fourth seeded Butler, so that's a big game. Obviously, Butler is a team everybody expects to go far as always. So we'll see what happens there. At 7.45 on CBS, St. Mary's takes on number two seed, number seven seed in St. Mary's takes on number two seed in Arizona. At 8.40 on TNT, number five seed in Virginia takes on number four seed in Florida. That should be a good matchup. And at 9.40 on TBS, Iowa State, fifth seed, takes on fourth seed Purdue. So that's another good game. Then we look at Sunday's schedule. So on Sunday, tomorrow, Mich- number seven seeded Michigan versus number two seeded Louisville on CBS at 1210. At 240 on CBS, Wichita State, 10 seeded versus second seeded Kentucky. That's an intriguing matchup, even though it's a 10 seed. At 515 on CBS, ninth seeded Michigan State versus first seeded, one of the one seeded Kansas. That could be an interesting matchup. Obviously, everybody expects Kansas to win, but Michigan State, we all know with Tom Izzo, how top of the tournament team they are. So that'll be a game to look forward to. Six ten on TNT, and I'm eight seeded Arkansas versus first seeded North Carolina, who looked unbelievable yesterday. And then at seven ten, you got eleven seeded Rhode Island on PBS against third seeded Oregon. At seven forty five on True TV, you'll have seven forty five on True TV. I don't know what just happened here. Bear with me. So 7.45 on True TV, 11-seeded USC versus third-seeded Baylor. 8.40 on TNT. South Carolina versus Duke. Seven-seeded South Carolina versus second-ranked Duke. And at 9.40 on TBS, the Bearcats of Cincinnati, the sixth-seed versus the number three-seed UCLA. So that sets you up for this weekend, obviously. And uh, so it's interesting to see how this uh, how this plays out because we've got a lot of good matchups coming up this weekend. I'm going to be interested to see who, who can pull some upsets if, if any of these lower seeds can pull a stunner 
out of the hat. That that's that's the thing we want to see right now. Now we're gonna go through the game. Obviously, I'm gonna go through some games here. So let's look at uh at Thursday. So we had obviously Villanova pounding up on Mount St. Mary's, and you know what? Mount St. Mary's hung around for a while in this game. They really did. You got to give them some credit. The Vince Vincenzo actually had a big game for Villanova. They still bounce. They can have big scores on anywhere. I mean, Hart didn't have his best game at 11. You know, he only had 11 points. He got in a little foul trouble early. It took him kind of took him out of the first half. But, you know, he ended up with 11 points. But Vincenzo with 21 points, nine of 15 shooting, big game. Brunson had 14, Bridges had 13, and like I said, Hart had 11, and Pascal with 10. So they had five guys in double figures. And then for Mount uh, St. Mary's, Miles Wilson led the way with 23 points. So, listen, they gave, if you notice the pattern in a lot of these games, it seemed like the left the teams gave the teams a run for, like, the first half, and then obviously it all changed after that. So, but that was pretty much, to me, how that all, how that for all went the first day. If you look at most of those games, the top teams, you know, some of them obviously blew away early because the teams had the lead early. And then, uh, you know, the team, the bad teams were actually, the lefty teams, so they bad, were in the games, and then they kind of just faded out. Talent, listen, talent rises to the top at some point. So, so first seed in Gonzaga, 66 to 46 over South Dakota State. Obviously, Gonzaga, the heavy favorite, wins easy. Matthews with 16 points. The big center, Konofsky, with 10. And Zach Collins with 10. And Perkins with 10. And for the South Dakota State, they only had one guy in double figures. Down their leading scorer had 17 points. He's a good player. So if you watch any of that game, he's actually a really good player. You got to like what you see out of that guy. All right. Arizona pounding on North Dakota, 100 to 82, putting up 100 points. Give North Dakota some credit putting up 82 points. They showed you they had a, they have a good offense. But Arizona, obviously, just too much. You had Hawkins and Markkinen with 20 apiece. Obviously, Traya with 18 points, the leading scorer. Ristic with 12, Allen with 10. They had five guys in double figures. And for North Dakota, Hooker with 25 and Bernstein with 20, the lead the way for them. But you've got to give them credit. They played tough a little in the beginning. But, again, like I said, the, the cream rises to the top, and these teams, these good teams just start, you know, when they turn it on, especially at halftime, they come out in the second half, and they, you, you notice the pattern. Even the games that were within five to ten points at the half, the second half, these teams just came out and poured it on. They, You know, they really did. So you definitely got to give them, uh, you know, the good teams stepping up when they need to when they need to step up, you know. West Virginia, 86-80 over Bucknell. Nathan Adrian with 12 points, 10 rebounds. Stephen Brown with 18 points, three rebounds for Bucknell. This game was actually pretty close. Bucknell hung around. Kind of watching the game, though, you kind of never really felt. Kind of never really felt like they were going to blow the game. 
You know, like you felt like they always felt like they were in control, even when the game got a little close. You kind of felt like the game was, in, you know, in control. But uh, you know, good win for West Virginia. Notre Dame with one of the closer games, sixty to fifty-eight over Princeton. Bonzi Colson with eighteen point seven rebounds. Spencer Wise fifteen points five rebounds for Princeton. Came down to the wire. Princeton missed a three-pointer at the end. You know, to possibly win the game. So it was uh, that was one of the better games. Of, of the week so far, the Notre Dame Princeton game. Purdue eighty to seventy over Vermont. Stud forward Caleb Swanigan with sixteen points, fourteen rebounds, four assists with a big game for Purdue. Vermont was led by Anthony Lamb with twenty points, nine rebounds, but it wasn't enough because Purdue holds off Vermont eighty to seventy. Vincent Edwards scores fifteen of his twenty one points in the second half as well as well. Florida State 86-80 over Florida Gulf Coast. Another game that was close. They held off Florida Gulf Coast late run to move on. Wayne Bacon, 25 points, nine rebounds, two assists. And Jonathan Isaac had 17 points and 10 rebounds for Florida State. And for Florida Gulf Coast, Brandon Goodwin led the way with 28 points, seven assists. So it was a nice game for him. Iowa State 84-73 over Nevada. Morris almost had Monte Morris, nineteen points, eight rebounds, eight assists, almost had a triple double, had a great game. So Iowa State. Cameron Oliver led Nevada with twenty two point seven rebounds in the defeat. Florida eighty to sixty five over East Tennessee State. Devin Robinson with a big game, twenty four points, seven rebounds to lead lead Florida to a nice win. He tied his career high with a twenty four. TJ Chroma with 19 points for, to lead way to East Tennessee State. Butler, 76 to 64. Avery Woodson had the hot hand with 18 points to lead the way. Xavier Cooks with 23 for Winthrop. I did notice in that game, though, at the end of the game, Butler's leading scorer did get banged up, so we have to see see how he looks coming into this to this game. But Martin got hurt, 10, uh, 10 points. He was in foul trouble in the first half, and then he got hurt. He, took a shot to the knee at the end of the game. So we'll have to see what happens with him. We'll have to keep an eye on uh, Keelan Martin for today's game to see if he's uh, okay to, to play and you know, how many minutes he's going to get there because he clearly clearly was hurting. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And uh, But Butler, obviously, one of the teams to look at here in this tournament, as we all know, Butler pulls the magic in, in these in these type of in these tournaments. So Butler's definitely a team to, to keep your eye on here this weekend. Okay, let's see what else we got here. For Thursday we have Mount St. Mary's eighty five to VCU seventy seven. Jacques Landau with eighteen points, thirteen rebounds to lead the way. Jacquan Lewis, thirty points and a losing effort for VCU. Great, a great, uh, unbelievable performance by Lewis and a losing effort. Virginia, close game, 76-71 over UNC Wilmington. UNC Wilmington's coach, Ted Teeth, now is NC State Wolfpack's new coach. As yesterday he interviewed and was given the job, great hire for NC State. Did you get a master recruiter, a motivator, one of Rick Pitino's longtime assistant before he got the job in UNC Wilmington, so great. Great move for NC State, and uh, tough. You know, obviously a tough loss for UNC Wilmington, but guy 
72 and 28 in three years at NC Wilmington. They got better every year, back-to-back NCAA tournaments. So great, great pickup at NC State. Hopefully it translates on, on the field. For, for Virginia, London Parentees, 24 points, lead the way. Chris Flemings for UNC Wilmington with 18 points and nine rebounds. Wisconsin, 84-74 over Virginia Tech. Bronson Koenig, 28 points, three rebounds. For Wisconsin, Zach Lede, 23 points for Virginia Tech in a losing effort. So good, good when Wisconsin always comes up big in these tournaments as well. Middle Tennessee State, we spoke about earlier, with 19 points from Reggie Upshaw. And Giddy Potter is 15 as they took down another big higher seed like last year and uh, give them some credit. They were they were the 12 seed, Minnesota was the 5, but they were actually one-point favor going into the game. So it goes to show you. Jordan Murphy led the way for Minnesota with 15.9 rebounds. Last two games from Thursday, Northwestern, in another one of the better games, beat Vanderbilt with two gift free throws, 68-66. He got his first ever tournament victory for Northwestern. So nice, nice win for them. Brian McIntosh with 25 points, four rebounds, three assists. And uh, Matthew Fisher with 22 points, eight, three rebounds for in a loss for Vanderbilt. Tough loss for Vanderbilt. Xavier, the 11 seed upset, number 60, one of the few upsets. Even though I had them in my bracket, I actually really like Xavier in this game. They're another team that always steps up in the tournament, 76 to 65. Sean O'Mara, 18.7 rebounds. And Kevin Herta for Maryland with 19 points. Four rebounds, five assists. Obviously, also 21 points from Blue for Xavier. And obviously, Melo Trimble, 13 points. Obviously, he didn't have a great game shooting. He's five for 15. So he was obviously a big, big gun coming into that game. So that's 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 Thursday's game. In a minute, we're going to get into Friday's game in a, in a second. So that's Thursday's game. So there's a lot of good, interesting games there. And now I'm going to get into Friday's game, and then we're going to hit the phone line. So Friday, Kansas, 162 over UC Davis, blowout. Frank Mason, the third, with 22 points, five rebounds, eight assists. Just game never really uh, was in Dow Jackson. Had a big game as well for Kansas. And, you know, when you watch the game, you just see the talent difference. I mean, in a game like this, you just see that Kansas is loaded. I mean, Jackson with 17 points, 16 points each for Graham and McCauliac, 13 points for Lucas. They Just an unbelievable performance. Like, Kansas looks like they're clicking in full gear right now. Them and North Carolina really looked, you know, they, they, they weren't, they weren't going to – there was no upsets happening there. Kentucky, 79-70 over Northern Kentucky. I was watching this game. It was actually a really good game. Northern Kentucky hung around for a while in this game. And, you know, they gave them, you know, Northern Kentucky gave them a a shot for a while. I mean, 22 points from Holland, the third. Williams with 21 points. They hung in there. But there was just too much. Fox with 19. Briscoe with 17. Bama had a value of 15 points, 18 rebounds. and just an unbelievable performance. Kentucky, another team that's going to be very tough to beat in this tournament, the experience, the coaching. They got a lot of that going for them right now for Kentucky. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward in the future. 
you know, in the next round for Kentucky, but they look good. But listen, the next couple of rounds, teams could get knocked off. The, the next two days, I think you might see a couple of upsets. North Carolina, 103-64. Justin Jackson, 21.7 rebounds. You know, I had the second pick in my – I do this college, like, fantasy thing every year where you get five players, 14 teams, five players. Scoring is the only thing that counts. So, you really you want to get guys on good teams that are going to advance. So, I actually had the second pick in the draft. And it came down. I took Hart from Villanova, but it was him or Justin Jackson from North Carolina because forwards are very big in this league. And uh, I didn't get my last two forwards until the last two rounds. I got Pascal and I got the guy on uh, Butler, the forward. But, uh, you know, my first two guys, I got Hart and I got Lonzo Ball, which is big, and then I got the center in UCLA. So I got a good team. All five of my guys advanced. But Justin Jackson was a guy I really had my eye on, and I almost took him. I just, North Carolina scares me in these tournaments. But North Carolina prevailed easy. Over Texas Southern, 103-64. Duke, 87-65 over Troy. Jason Tatum, 18 points, 12 rebounds. Jordan Venato with 18 points, 10 rebounds, and a loss for Troy. But Duke was never really threatened in this game either. North Carolina, uh, UCLA, 97-80. Aaron Holiday with 15 points for UCLA. And like I was just talking about, obviously, Lonzo Ball, Took a bad a bad fall, Lonzo Ball in the game. Ended up with 15 points, six or seven shooting. You know, Leaf had 23 points. Welsh, the set that I was just saying, they got the 16 points, eight rebounds. So UCLA's got a tough, got a click in. So UCLA's going to be a tough beat, tough out for anybody. And they beat, you know, Kent State yesterday. And, uh, it seemed like yesterday watching the games, people, you could just tell they were dying for an upset, and it just wasn't going to come last night. Oregon blew out Iona, 93-77. Jordan Bell, 17 points, 12 rebounds. Jordan Washington, 22 points, 12 rebounds, and a losing effort for Iona. Never really had a chance. They were down 18 at the half, and uh, just that game was pretty much over there. Louisville, 78-63 over Jackson State. This game was close. One of those games that was close in the first half, but Savion with 18 points, five rebounds. Norbenitsky got 30 points in a losing effort for Jackson State was really lighting it up. SMU loses up. This was probably the game of the day, of the two days. 66-65 USC, 11 seed, and knocks off 16 at SMU. High score and forward Sammy Ojaleye with 24 points, 10 rebounds for SMU. And the losing Elijah Stewart, 22 points, four rebounds in the in the win for USC. SMU had a shot to win it at the end. After Stewart hit the go-ahead three, and uh, he just came, you know, off the rim and uh, big win for USC. Baylor, 91-73 over New Mexico State. Terry Maston with 17 points in, in the win. Baylor just pretty much dominated, and, you know, in the second half. Funny thing was Baylor was actually losing this game by two points at the halftime. But then the second half, they completely just took over. Stud forward Motley with 15 points, 10 rebounds, 21 points for Freeman, 19 for that. They had nice bench play for, for Baylor in this game. Good, solid bench production, which was key to their victory because they really they got some solid bench production in this game. So we'll, we'll see what happens down the next round there. Obviously, uh, a few more games from yesterday. Cincinnati 75-61 over Kansas State. Troy Copain with 23 points, seven rebounds. 
Wesley Iwanadu, 19 points, four rebounds, and a loss for Kansas State. Wichita State beat Dayton, 64-58. Interesting enough, Scoochie Smith with 25 points and a loss. Both of these coaches were on NC State's radar, including Dayton's Archie Miller, who played for NC State. But NC State went with Keith in a different direction, and you can't really blame them. They got a, a big-time coach. Anybody who was well-regarded by Rick Pitino and worked under Pitino, you, you got to have respect for. And uh, Pitino loves the hirings for NC State. Charmant with 13 points for which the state that Brown with, Brown with 12 and 10 for Morris. So a pretty balanced attack. That's what Wichita State's all about, balance. And, uh, you know, good, uh, a good performance. I, I actually like Wichita State, too, in that game. Playoff tournament experience. You see these teams, and when they're in the tournament every year, they have they come out with these. They have the experience, and you know you could see it when it comes on the court. It seems like Wichita State they they know how to win these games, and and they step up when they have to. So Michigan ninety two ninety one another great game over Oklahoma State twenty six points for Derek Walton Jr. with eleven assists. Jawan Adams with twenty three points, twelve assists, and a loss. Oklahoma State was a great game. Came down the wire. And how about Michigan? What a run after the claim nearly, you know, crash. Did kind of crash, and they almost, you know, the players survived a near death experience. And supposedly they bonded. They ended up winning four in a row in the conference tournament to win the tournament. And now they're in here in the NCAA. They win their first game. So the team's riding a lot of momentum and a lot of team unity after the near fatal accident. So give Michigan some credit. They, you know, they've really come together as a team, and they're really uh, putting it together. So. Good job for them. Arkansas, 77-71, another great game of Seton Hall. I talked about that flagrant foul at the end, bad call. They should have never called it. And uh, any chance of their comeback at the end was, was derailed by that foul call. I don't know if they would have came back anyway, but that call kind of crippled any chance. Moses Kingsley with 23 points, six rebounds, and he was all over the place. If you're watching that game, he was completely a complete factor in the game. And, uh, you know, Del, the star, stud, Seton Hall stud Delgado, 12 points. He was in foul trouble pretty much the whole game. He fouled out, but he had some early fouls that really took him out of the game. That was a big blow. Kingsley with 23, Boston with 20, 14 points for Hannes, and 13 points for Thomas. And they raised it back on a nice balanced attack, and they, uh, they took care of business. Another another experienced team. And, and you know, Seton Hall has some has, – Good, some good offensive players. So I'll tell you, you watch, you know, they can score. Really, really good offensive players. So, Seton Hall, you know, you know, we'll see how they come back, but Seton Hall is definitely a program on the rise. So, good job. Definitely a good job by uh, Arkansas to, to beat Seton Hall yesterday. Okay, then we have Rhode Island, 84-72 over Creighton. Dow Tim with 23 points, five rebounds. Lonnie Harrell, 15 points, five rebounds, and a loss for Creighton. And, you know, an upset, 11 seed, Rhode Island. That's the upset you've seen. 11 over six, you've seen a couple, one five, 12 five. Those are the, really the big upsets of the day. Michigan State blew out Miami, 78-58. Interestingly enough, it was 10 nothing Miami in this game. Then they ended up losing by 20. So they got outscored 78-48 after that start. Miles Bridge with 18 points, nine rebounds. Can never count Michigan State out in these tournaments. They're always dangerous. Jaquan Newton with 16 for Miami in the losing effort. And in the last game, South Carolina blew out. Marquette, this game was close. Marquette led, I think, early in the second half, even in this game. The South Carolina behind Thorn, Spindarius Thornwell, 29 points, 11 rebounds. 
Bailey took charge. Marquette was led by 16.6 rebounds, Joanne Johnson, but South Carolina really, really took it to them. So and that's the, the rundown of the two games. And as we, as we go into today, obviously big, big, big matchups today and tomorrow. So we're hoping to see some, definitely some better games as we didn't have the great buzzer beaters that we normally get. We didn't get a lot of that. So, we're going to do that. Now, later on, in the 12 o'clock hour, I'm going to start talking about the Mojo Bracket. We do have one leader out of the pack with 29 points, Jay. I'll just do the top five quick. Then Rhea's in second with 29, 28 points, tied with AJ. So Rhea and AJ with 28 points each. Then Marvin and, and Magic Mike with 27 points, are tied for third. Then fourth and fifth, and then we have a bunch of 26, 25, 24, 26. So it's very close. So the next couple of rounds, obviously, is going to dictate a lot. But right as as of right now, Jay with the lead with 29 points, Rear and AJ with 28, and then Marvin and Magic Mike with 27. So those, those are the top five right now through three through two days. So we'll update it more. I'll be updating it on the Mojo page after Sunday's games on Monday. I'll probably put up something on the Mojo page with, like, the top five. And then I'm going into next week, so we'll, we'll play it out. A lot of fun, like always. We've got some good participation this year. So I'm glad everybody sent in their brackets. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. So first we're going to hit the phone line. In a second, we're going to hit the phone line, see who's, uh, who's looking to come in. Now remember, people. You can call. I just did some college, but you guys could call and talk about anything you want. It's an open forum. So 11 o'clock, we'll be doing some football. And then 12 o'clock, we'll be doing some more college basketball, but it's pretty much open from now until 11 o'clock. So let's get to the Hello, you're on the Mojo Sports Show. Hi, Mojo. Hey, what's going on? Phony from Pinebush. What's up? Um, none. I'm on my way out, but I wanted to call you so I can listen to you while I'm in the car. So I got you on the phone. I wanted to say hello. Hello. Yeah, well, and, I don't want to get because I want to hang out. I want to wish you a happy birthday. Yesterday was Foley's birthday. Aw, thank you. You know, like special birthday to Foley. Thank you. I really, I really loved it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I wanted to hear. I got you on my cell phone, so I can hear you at the rest of your show in the car. And I said, let me call and just say, I don't know if you could do something where I can hear it in the car. I could, right? If I hang up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just click and, the link. Just click the link. Okay. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say I've been catching. You know, recaps of uh, the um, try. You know, the um, exhibition games, right? On the, the Mets and even the Yankees are doing good. They the got on the players too. The, the Mets and the Yankees. The, the Yankees are doing the Yankees good too. The Yankees threw no hitting yesterday. 
I didn't see yesterday, though, yeah? Yeah, but they got all new. Over, they got all new players. They got a lot the of new Mets players. The Yankees. What did the Mets do? They won sixteen to two yesterday. The Mets. Oh, with sixteen, because uh, the last I saw it was, I think it was like ten or something. Yeah, they but I didn't know 16. that they made all those other runs. Oh, very good. I'm We're proud of them. Two weeks. Two weeks of the season starts. I know. Then I'll be glued to the television. I can't two wait. Two weeks from today. Two weeks from today is Will Anthony's first uh, travel baseball tournament for the season. I know. I'm looking forward to them. Hoping to go with uh, Christine if we can make yes, it. Yes, yeah, they definitely. Said they're going. Yeah, they're going. so if, yeah, if they go, I'm going with them. <laughs> definitely. Where is it? It's in Jersey. our town. Yeah, we got home fields for this tournament, so it's in our, oh, it's in our town in Hazlitt. Great. I saw his pictures on uh, Facebook at uh, Legoland. He looked yeah. like he was having a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, he's having a ball. Oh, I miss him. He's so cute. Anyway, have a good to show today. Thank you so much for the happy birthday song. I appreciate it. And um, have a good You're show. Welcome. I want to listen to you. And um, what do I have to do when we hang up to, ke- to keep it on? Just click the link. Well, if you want oh, to okay. do it on your phone like this, if you want to stay on the phone, I'll just put you on mute and you can stay on the yeah, phone. Yeah, can you do like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, can you do yeah, that? I'll just put you on mute when we hang up, and then you could just listen like this. Okay, this way I'll listen to it on the way to the city. Great. Thank yeah. you, Ann. Okay, thank you so much. You made my day with who your... Who are you with uh, right now? Who am I with? Yeah. Right now, I'm home by myself. I'm waiting for uh, Christine to pick me oh, up. Oh, you're to pick you up? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I said, let me call you while I was having my coffee, and... Uh, I'm glad I got you. So, yeah, thank no, you. I'm fun today. Oh, thank you. Gonna miss you. But thank you. Thank you anyway. You made my day with the the recording. So, love you. Yeah, I was waiting for you to come on. I had it ready for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. That was so sweet. Thank you. And I'll, um, hopefully I'll see you right. soon, okay? Have a great day. Have a great day. And I'll see you Thank soon. you. Okay. Thanks, son. Bye. All right. I'll put you on mute. All right. Bye. Okay. Bodie from Pine Bush. It's our 75th birthday. So definitely we want to wish her a happy yesterday with her birthday. And, you know, they're going out to the city today. So have a great time. I hope you have a great day. So the big 7-5 for Bodie for the season to begin. So have fun today, Bodie. Hope you like your happy birthday song. And, uh, you know, enjoy your day. We're going to go back to the phone line. Hey, Tony from Florida. What's going on, Tony from Florida? Good morning. I mean, what did it call from Florida? <laughs> I said Tony Light, Light from Florida. That's right. That's right. That Hi, Tony, Mr. Mojo. How Tony are you today? today? That's Tony from Hazlitt today. Tony, it's Tony from Sarasota. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Everybody's just getting up, eating their breakfast, and we're going to 
head out to the beach today because it's going to be nice and warm. You finally got a nice beach day, right? Yes, finally. <laughs> I went. I came to. I came to Florida for for warmth, and it was fifty six. Come on. They they caught the tail end of our storm. That was the problem, right? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, but we wanted to give you a call and to wish you, you know, a really good show. Thank you. And uh, hold on, I'll get I'll get little little mojo here. Where'd he go? Here he is. I got him. Hey, look who I got. Hi. Hey, bud, what's going on? Good. They're on the show right now. We're live on the show, the Mojo Show. Okay. Hey, you know the Mets? Mets won sixteen to two yesterday, and. They had 16 they runs them. yesterday. They exploded. Florida they just killed them. Class. Yeah, the Nationals. They killed them. I'm not sorry, the Cardinals. Them. They beat the Cardinals yesterday, 16 to 2. Florida hit a grand slam. They just killed them. Yeah, they blew them out, right? Yeah. That was Legoland. It was fun, right? Good. Yeah. Yeah, you had a good time, right? We get ready to go to the beach now? Uh, later. Later? Going to wait for it to get a little warm up? Yeah. It's like a little cold right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, you wait a little while, it gets a little warmer, and then you can go out when the sun comes out. Yep. It's cold here. We might go in the pool. We might go in the pool today. Oh, okay. Hey, it's still uh-huh. better than it is here. It's cold here. What? Cold here. I'm cold. Are you outside or inside? Inside, but it's cold. <laughs> I got the heat turned up. Say it's cold outside, not inside. It's cold outside. Cold out this morning, the going out the garbage. What's the breeze outside? Like forty. Forty. Yesterday was nice though. A lot of the, a lot of the snow melted yesterday. It was nice yesterday. A lot of snow outside melted. All right, bud. Go ahead. have fun today. Have a great day today, and I'll call you. Know, I'll call you later. Call me. Oh, you call me when you get home from the beach later. Okay. All right. Have a good show. Thank you. Miss you, buddy. Too. I'll see you in a couple of days, right? Uh, you'll be seeing me in three days, two days, two days, no, two days, two days. Yep. Can't wait. Miss you. Love you, bud. Love you too. All right, have fun. All right, you gonna put mommy back on? Sure. Okay, have fun, buddy. I'll speak to you later. Let's go, Matt. So much. Two weeks <laughs> until opening day. That's right. That's right. So we're all excited, and uh, we can't wait. We have we have a big tournament coming up soon, in a couple yeah. of weeks. So it's it's 
exciting. Probably, but it's it's an exciting uh, business. It's exciting, right? Yes, absolutely. All right, Mr. Mojo, I know that you're really busy, so but we just want right, to give you a buzz from, from Florida, and uh, we'll call you later. Totally. Have a good day. Have fun. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, honey. Bye. Tony, Tony from Sarasota today with little Mojo. They're in, they're in Florida, visiting my sister and brother-in-law, and... Um, you know, they're having a good time, and, uh, you know, I'll see them in two days. I can't wait. And then, so, it, it, it's been a it's party time at the Mojo house now for the next two days. It's, it's Mr. Mo- I actually had a nice little get-together last night. I had a PDV and Doodoo Brown came by last night, so I'm a football analyst, so we had a good time last night. We ate, had some good food. We had some uh, just hanging out. And uh, we had a good time. Watched college basketball, watched a little NFL network, talked about today's show. So it's going to be fun. They're going to come on in a little while. We're going to talk some football. Starting at 11 o'clock, we're going to get into some football. We'll do some baseball. And then at 12 o'clock, we're going to get back into college basketball, do some more of that. And then, you know, we're going to hope at some point today to touch up on some uh, NFL, on some uh, NBA and NHL standings also. So next week's going to be my baseball preview. Next week's show is most likely going to be on Sunday, not Saturday. So we're going to have a different day next week as uh, this next Saturday is uh, going to be tough for me as I have Little Mojo's Team Basketball Trophy Day in the morning, which we have a game scheduled for 1030. We'll play a game, and then I get, you know, we get to present the kids with the trophies. I get the microphone. I get to announce the kids up and give them their trophies. But they're going to have baseball practice as well. So Saturday is going to be impossible. Then I have my fantasy baseball draft next Saturday. So that's some other things, and that's at that's a five o'clock at night. So the show is going to be next Sunday. So just keeping our ear out for that. No messages for that, but it'll be next Sunday, ten o'clock, and. Uh, you know, we'll be doing our baseball preview predictions over and unders on wind totals. We're going to do some fantasy predictions. So next week's going to be a stack baseball show. Obviously, we'll be doing some college as well, but college basketball. So next week's going to be baseball and college basketball dominated for sure on the show. So just keep an eye out for that, and uh, I'll keep everybody updated on, on, the, on how that's going to work out as well. So, And then, obviously, the NFL, the draft coming. Like always, the Thursday night after Totally Driven Radio, I'm going to be going on live during the first round. It should be like, I believe last year it was like in the mid-20s to pick. We're going on live. Dudu Brown and PDV will be calling in at some point that night. We're going to wait. Cause the thing is, that night we have Miami 22, Giants 23, Raiders 24. So our three teams pick in a row. I'll be on the air regardless, whether it's Miami's pick. If they pick on me while I'm on the air, that'll be great, too. It'll be exciting. And then PDD and Doodle Brown will be joining me after the, after the Giants and, and Raiders pick. They'll call in, and then we'll talk about that as the first round goes on, and we'll be announcing picks. You know, I'll be doing live picks as they happen, like last year. That was a lot of fun. Even I believe I put the phone near the TV so you can actually hear the announcement live on the air, which was a lot of fun we did that last year, so we're going to do that again this year. And then on the Saturday, 
show, obviously, PDV, Dudu Brown will be there, and Carlise Taylor will be calling in. Our man Carlise, and we'll be talking, doing like we did last year, reviewing the first three rounds of the draft from Thursday and Friday, and then previewing the rest of the draft from Saturday and Sunday like we did. You know, get grades, and then we'll do the best available going into the Thursday. All that fun stuff. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun as well. So we got a lot coming up, a lot of baseball previews, draft previews. Plus, a week or two before the draft, we'll be having mock drafts. Me, Pete, and Joe are going to do our first-round mock. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do one pick each. So basically, let's say on first pick, I take Miles Garrett, let's just say. And Pete, second pick, takes whoever he wants for the team who picks. Then Joe would go for the third team. Then back to me for the fourth team, and we would just keep rotating. So that's going to be fun, a little fun game as well we're going to have the day of the draft. So so much to look forward to. Obviously, with them coming on in about 10 minutes or so, we're going to get into the football, get into all the JPP signings, Marshawn Lynch rumors, Marvin to the Vikings, where's AP going, who else is out there, some other potential steals late in free agency signings. So we're going to go into that. We're also going to talk Giants, also signed Fluke. I remember we were talking about last week about they were meeting with Fluka, and so they ended up signing him, so we're going to talk about that. And then the Jets, they lose out on uh, Stallworth. And then, uh, so what's next for the Jets? Obviously, they signed corner from the Cowboys. But what's 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 next for, for the Jets? Are they going to get one of these veteran quarterbacks? Are they going to do for, looking for a quick fix again? So what's on the what's on the mind of the Jets is the big question. So we're going to go through that and, you know, talk about all the other topics. So that's coming up shortly. Obviously, baseball, the Mets. 16 to 2 yesterday. The, the hitting looks fine. The pitching is a worry. Harvey, his velocity is not coming back. They're saying they, they hope it's still going to come back, but he hasn't looked good. Let's face reality, Harvey hasn't looked good, so it's got to be scary for them right now. And then uh, Wheeler, who's throwing really hard, 97, looks pretty good. So we'll see what happens there. The Yankees got a no hitter yesterday combined with Tanaka and two relievers. They no hit the Tigers in the spring training game, so. I'm sure the Yankees are happy to see the pitching is doing well. Obviously, Tanaka is their ace, so they know what they're going to get with him. It's the rest of the staff is the worry for the Yankees, so we'll see what's going to happen there. Actually, I talked about earlier the WBC, so tonight, yesterday, Puerto Rico beat U.S., so they advanced to the semifinals with Japan and the Netherlands that starts Sunday. And then, uh, so tonight, 10 o'clock, U.S. versus Dominican Republic, the winner advances. In the semifinals, the loser's out. So it's a big game tonight for U.S. and Dominican Republic. So you can, you can expect a heated game tonight, 10 o'clock, on the MLB network. So that's that's definitely going to be interesting as well. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm going to hit the phone lines, though. I'm going to go hit the phone lines right now. Well, we were just talking about the Giants and the Mets. Here's my man Adam. What's going on, Adam? Mr. Mojo, it's been uh, it's been a while, so I have a few minutes. I, I wanted to, to call in and talk some sports with you this morning. Yeah, thanks for calling in, man. And I'm just talking about JTP, so I know you got to be happy about that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, it had to happen, right? And it was just a matter of, you know, when. Um, so from a free agency perspective, um, I guess it happened a little bit later um, than you would have liked. Um, at the end of the day, I think the Giants were still able to accomplish almost everything that 
they were trying to do. They, you know, they're still they need a a, a pass catching tight end. So I was a little upset to see Jared Cook sign the day before the Giants freed up the money because I think he would have been a good fit. Um, so that would have been like a nice that, fit. You're right. I agree with you. That would have been a nice fit. It looks like that'll probably get addressed in the draft. Um, and then they need another offensive lineman. You know, I think if you look at the line, you really only have – you have Richburg, the center, Pugh, and then you have a bunch of question marks. I mean, John Jerry's proven to be like a halfway decent um, guy. He's but serviceable. Flowers, yeah, he's serviceable. He's serviceable, he's serviceable right. Um, Flowers is a bust. You know, I'm kind of sick of him already. Um, that is the thing. It's like how much like, – obviously he's, he's young. It's like hard to give up on a guy like that. But, like, how far do you go with him? Do you move him to right tackle and hope he works out better there? Like, what would be your plan with him? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, having him on the blind side is tough, right? Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, that, that's why they pay these guys the big bucks to figure it out, the coaches. Um I, I really don't know what I would do, but you're right. It's hard to to cut ties with, um, you know, a top ten pick like that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you waste a pick. You gotta hope, try to hope that something clicks at some point, right? Not everybody steps right in the league and is dominant, right? Some guys take a few years to develop, and you know, you know. So it'll be an interesting question. The thing is, so now with JPP's contract, and I think it's a good move. Obviously, I would have locked them up. But now, like, yeah. how does this affect future negotiations with, like, like you said, Whitberg and Pugh next year and then Beckham so, and Colin the year after? That's a great, great question. My friends and I talk about this all the time. From our perspective, the Giants have a two- to three-year window right now, and they're all in. You know, they, they, they had a great, you know, top-ten defense last year. The offensive line was exposed in the playoffs and, you know, throughout the entire season. Um you know, they, they address those needs. They got, or they're in the midst of addressing those needs. Um, they got a big red zone target in Marshall, and we can talk about that after. Um, I like it. I know you don't. Um, but my point is, well, I like you know, it on they're, the field. I like it on the field. I don't like it yeah. on the field. On the field, it's a big upgrade. They're all in these next two, three years. It's, it's all you guys got left. And then after that, I think that they're fucked. Or excuse my language. I think that they're in big trouble. So right, you can say whatever you want. They're in big trouble. They have a lot of guys that they need to sign. They're not going to have the cap space. You know, they don't have a quarterback of the future. So I think, you know, my friends and I talk about it, and we're like, you know what, if the Giants could get us one more ring in the next two to three years, and, you know, they're irrelevant for the next, like, five or so, so be it. So that's sort of where, where my head's at as a, as a huge Giants fan right now. You want to just go for it now and worry about that and, and that's, that's how that's what they're doing. That's how they're operating. And you know what? You can't you can't um, fault them for doing that. Eli, you know, they've had Eli. His first year, and correct me if I'm wrong, was 2003. I think was his first year, right? Or yeah, that was the year in that draft. It's 2003, right? Yeah. Right. So so the Giants have had a franchise quarterback now. This is going to be their 14th season. You know, and, who never and, misses you know, a game. Who never misses right. a game. Two hundred, two hundred consecutive starts in Ironman, and that's why like people are kind of making a big deal about Geno Smith and Josh Johnson signing. Who cares? You know, Eli doesn't hasn't missed a game. No matter who their backup was, if Eli goes down, they're screwed. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. 
But you know what? In fairness to Geno Smith, who hasn't had a great career, obviously, but he's shown flashes. He is definitely more experienced than what they've had behind the Eli Goffin. Yeah, but you know what? These these aren't like Giants fans need to relax because these aren't like the quarterbacks of the future for the Giants. They're just guys throwing the bench. If Eli goes down, they're in trouble. So it doesn't really matter. You could put me as Eli's backup. You know, it, it doesn't matter. So I, it was '04. Anyway. The draft was '04. The draft. 2004. Okay, so yeah. so 05 was his first like full year starting. Yeah, because he filled. He came in mid season for one of that yeah. year, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Um. So anyway, so this will be his like 12, 13 season. So you can't. I mean, look at the Jets. How many quarterbacks have they had over the last 12 to 13 years? Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of teams are searching yeah. for court. You know. Miami went. Miami went a good, uh, good fifteen years before they found somebody that was at least half decent to replace Marino. I mean, it was a torturous yeah. uh, ten years without Marino. I remember when he retired. So you know, you, you don't know how how good it is until you don't have a quarterback. You know, and then you right. realize how, you know, how important it is to have that franchise guy. But listen, like yeah. you said, the Giants are all in. They're going for it. Their defense is. They got a championship defense. Now it's a question and of the offense. Suit, you know, I think that they're, the Giants are built to win. You know, they they they've made they've made great ads so far, and let's see what they do in the draft. I looked at a couple mock drafts, and one of them showed the Giants um, drafting uh, the the Florida State running back. What's his name? Delvin Cook. Cook. Oh, if they could get him, that would be unbelievable. I don't think um, he'll be there when they pick, but if he, yeah, that would be deal in that top pick if they could get him there. Yeah, I'm still thinking. Um, I'm still thinking AP might fall on their lap for a cheap one-year deal. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about. It. He, he's very he's one-dimensional, you know. Well, the thing we were talking about yesterday, I was talking to Dudu Brown and PDB about this yesterday, is is that he 98 percent of his snaps was in the I formation, so the Giants would have to change their whole offense to get him. So right. that's why it might not happen. Probably ain't gonna happen. Uh, they would just, have to change the whole offense to him. Yeah, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Not for, you know. Well, how, how does he got to feel? So Minnesota went and signed Murray, and now the Raiders are, are rather bring Marshawn Lynch out of retirement. I mean, Peterson's yeah. asking price has got to come down. He's asking for $10 million a year. He's not going to get it. It's really, it's interesting to me. Like, Oakland really must have, you know, did, did they even make a play for Murray? You know, he's going, Murray's going from a great situation in Oakland, you know, one of the better offenses in the league, like probably a perennial contender going forward, to a Minnesota team that, like, has no push on the line, um, not good. The quarterback situation's a big question mark. I know money talks, but, like, I, I don't, it's surprising that Oakland, you know, didn't make a push. I, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna ask Pete. We're gonna ask Pete about that when he comes on shortly, as, as he's a big Raider fan, TDV. So we're gonna ask him that. And uh, he did. He, I know he does not want Rich. That I know. He does not want a guy coming out of retirement. So that I know. He was saying that yesterday, Pete. So it's gonna yeah, be interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, they have a great offensive line too, the Raiders. So I mean, I think Peterson's actually a perfect fit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, 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 kinda, I like that too. Uh, better than Lynch, I think. I agree. And what do you think of the Fluker and uh, Fluker and Jerry signing? So they just kept, I guess, 
kept Jerry and yeah. Edward Fluke up there, had some depth. Right? Again, like maybe John yeah. Jerry's very serviceable. You know, I like that. And Fluker, you know, the guy, he was a, a first-round pick. Like, let's see if they can get anything out of him. Maybe a change of scenery, right? That's yeah. what you got to hope for there. It's a, it's a low-risk, high-upside signing, you know? It, it gives them depth. Um, so, again, I think... Yeah, a one-year deal. Need. So, it's a one-year deal. It's no, no long yeah. commitment there, yeah. I think... So, there are three things that I'd like the Giants to do. One is if they can sign... Um, Hankins, that would be the biggest coup ever because he was going into this offseason, you know, saying he wanted like four years, 50-something million, and the market just never materialized for him. So if they can get him on a one-year prove-it deal and keep the, the middle of their defensive line with um, Snacks and Hankins, oh, that, that has me very excited. And then two, you know, the pass-catching tight end in the draft, and then three, strengthen the offensive line. If they can accomplish those three things, I think the Giants are going to have a really good shot at, at making a big run next year. Yeah, now listen, they definitely have a chance. To me, their offensive line and, and the running game right now are their only spots that you, you question. Obviously, maybe they can use another linebacker, but that's always been the story. They seem to survive every year, even without a great linebacker. So, yeah. As long as they got the pass rush, Really, you know, it's kind of offset, and they got the secondary, you know, so it definitely offsets up. Now, the thing is, are they going to, will they do something with DRC before the season? Yeah, well, I'm really, and I know we spoke about this. I'm really happy that they, they didn't have to cut him because part of the reason, like, their secondary is so good is just because of the depth that they had, and he's a big part of that. I agree. I wouldn't trade him, I would keep him, keep the three you know, guys. Yeah. It's a passing league now, so, like, you need a strong secondary. Yeah. Oh, listen, having having three good DBs is a luxury, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, you, you know, most teams, a lot of teams have one or two maybe, not three. So, and then they have one, you know, the latest on Hankins, just so you know, so Hankins was asking for five years, $10 million a year. Obviously, he's not getting that. So the latest is, from what I read yesterday, a lot of teams don't look at him as, as an impact player. That's what they're saying. They're saying the only teams like to be paid like that. They say the only teams he's linked to right now is the Giants and Miami. Yeah. The only you two know, teams that he's linked to. And Miami's you know, not going to give him more than a one-year deal because that's all they often owe is one year. Yeah. So, you know, you could be looking at Hankins returning to the Giants on a one- or two-year deal. Possibly. There are not two even ways, a five-year deal. There are two ways you can look at it from Hankins' perspective. One, like if if if, it, if he signs a one-year prove-it deal, right? If he stays with the Giants, then he's part of a great line, um, and he doesn't get exposed. But he doesn't like he's not the star of the show. The other way to look at it is he can go to a team that doesn't have a great line, and be the, the, the main guy and, and stick out or it can go the other way and like he can get exposed on a bad line. So those are like yeah. the two I guess it really depends if they want to get paid, right? Is he looking to get paid or you know, that's well at this point you know, somebody obviously somebody swoops in now and offers him a three or four years. And I know deal, I, I see like J T P and Olivier Vernon on like Instagram and social media like you know, making comments like, you know, get it done, you know, sign Hank, sign Hank. So they all want him back. 
just a question of how much money you can put into that defensive line. They already got a lot of money in it. Yeah. You know, the thing is you put too much more money into that line, you know, then you, then you, other positions you're going to have to lose players. And Yeah, but again, it's really just it's, it, it, the only thing that's left is signing the draft pick. But how much cap space do they have left? Because that, that's the thing is, do they even have enough cap space to give him six, seven? Well, I don't know. Right did they announce I don't know how much JPT is getting in the first year. So that's, that's the I don't thing. Know. I don't know. I don't know what the cap hit was um, for JPP's restructured contract. Like, I, I, I don't know I don't how know much getting in year one. So they got it down. They, they saved four and a half from the 17. I, I would got think it down more 12 and a half. I would think it's more than that. But you could be right. Um, so I don't know. I think that leaves them somewhere like. And then how much are they giving like Geno? Five and seven. You got to figure at least Geno's getting at least two to three million. You got to figure for one year. Yeah, I don't know. So you got to. We'll find out, I guess, when. Uh, uh, yeah, whenever he comes. Maybe home. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if there's an update with PDB's coming on in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So. All right, Mojo, I got to jump. My daughter's starting to, to wake up from her nap, but it's, it's been a while. I'm glad I was able to call in and talk so far. How's the little one doing? Good? She's great. Yeah, nine weeks now. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable, Time right? flies. She uh, told me, though, she can't wait for, for baseball to start. That's what she told me the other day. Nine weeks old, she's talking about the Mets already. Something else. See? There you go. Now, now you have the decision. Do you make her a Mets fan? <laughs> yeah. You know, she knows more about the Mets than Padman already. It's unbelievable. But Padman, Padman got all giddy when you told him, when you said, when he told him about that thing yesterday. Oh, you know? uh, yeah. Yeah, great article. article, you know. Great article. They <laughs> had Terry, Terry 30 for 30 flashbacks, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, go enjoy, All right, go enjoy your little one. Have a fun day, and uh, thanks for calling in, and I'll speak to you soon. All right. I'll talk to you. Bye-bye. All right, man. Adam from Manhattan, calling in, talking to the Giants. Always doing a great job. And now we're going to start talking as we on football. We're going to keep talking football. Time to play the game. <laughs>
What's up, Pete? What's going on? Good morning, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How's it going this morning? Pretty good, man. Uh, just watching all the dominoes fall in the NFL free agencies are pretty interesting. Yeah, the dominoes are falling. Also joined here by Doodoo Brown, joining the show. What's up, Doodoo? Hey, what's up, fellas? What's going on? What's up, bud? What's going on, man? Nothing, just listening yeah, to the so like previous call. Adam had just called in, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the Giants a little. We were talking about uh, the JPP signing. So what's, what's your guys' take on that? Well, uh, you know, they're a now team. It's a signing they had to make, Just something I hope, you know, that doesn't cripple them in the long run as far as signing other players, not only this year, but for the next two years. But they are a now team. I mean, you know. And you want to keep that defense together because that's what got them to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can bring Hankins back. If not, I'm just curious as to who they're going to plug in his place. Yeah, they might be looking to draft one early. They might be looking to draft one early. And you've already said you could see them taking a defensive lineman in the first round. If not an end, at least a tackle. Yeah, I think they're definitely going D-line in the first. I just have a feeling. I I just don't think, like, an all-lineman – graded high enough will be there for them to take. And, you know, it's a very deep uh, draft of defense. I can definitely see them going defense. And I, I know everybody's think, down Pete? on Eric Flowers, but, you know, you got to give this guy another chance. I mean, he played well in his rookie season. we all seen how bad he played last year. No one can deny that. But off- offensive linemen, you, they, they don't grow on trees. And if, you know, let's say they let him go, now that you need two guys. And if they move, everybody wants them to move him the right tackle. Okay, so they move him the right tackle. Who's playing left tackle? You know, so hopefully well, he comes in and he's motivated. Somebody. You know? Right. I guess you know we we got to wait till the final roster shakes out. You know, what I mean, there's still time here. You know, you, even after the draft, players get cut. You, you don't. You know, we don't know what could happen. Who they may. You know, somebody may be a victim of a cab casualty and gets cut out there, and they, you know. They're lucky enough to go get him. So I guess we'll have to just wait and see. They could probably draft an offensive lineman. You know what? An interesting move I think they should make is I think they should uh, the the tackle Ryan Clady's out there. Maybe they should get him in, uh, get him into camp, you know, uh, put, get him in on a sweetheart deal and, uh, you know, maybe help groom, you know, maybe be a stopgap and, Gap until you know they're probably not. If they're probably not going to take an offensive lineman in the first round, maybe in the second, third, or fourth, fourth round, then they're going to have a stopgap like Clady in there until the the rookie's ready. But uh, you know, as far as Hankins goes, I could see him sign because Cleveland still has to sign a bunch of players to get to the cap floor. I could see him going back home to Cleveland, you know, and joining that defensive line because they have a pretty good defensive line. You know they have they have the makings of what's going to be a pretty good defensive line. They have a couple of pieces already, you know, and uh, they're going to use the first overall pick on a defensive lineman. And, and uh, you know, I, I, if Clady if, if uh, Hankins wants to get paid, I could see him going back home to Cleveland where he played. You know, he played for Ohio State. You know, if he wants uh, to get paid, but I don't you think know what, Cleveland you know, will give those what he's asking though. You know, he, he is asking a pretty high price. And a long yeah, time yeah, deal, you know? a year. That's a lot of money. But yeah, and if somebody was dropped, willing to pay it, they would have by now. Right? The price yeah, nobody's giving drop, it. Though, nobody's giving it to him. Yeah, if yeah. someone was going to give it to him, he would have gotten it already. 
Someone would have pounced on him. That's how free agency works. If somebody wants you bad enough, they're going to sign you. And we see it every year, you know. You know what I looked have at to this, come I down on his, his price. Uh, I looked at his uh, interesting spot is Jacksonville. Jacksonville tried to sign Poe. You know, Coughlin was on the Giants when they drafted Hankins, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So he had some familiarity there. And, you know, they did yeah, offer Poe the most money. They offered Poe more money than Atlanta. So, you know, right. they do have money. And they're building a nice defense in Jacksonville. It seems like Jacksonville has money every year. It also they seems like Jacksonville, so-called, is building a great defense every year. And every year they're a sieve. Exactly. Last year, last, year. last year they were supposed to be good on defense. They signed a kid out of Denver. You know they drafted. Uh, they made the first Ramsey. two picks with defensive picks and. Uh, yeah, Ramsey you know, and Jack. They were, yeah. And they were they were horrible defensively last year. They were really yeah. bad. But but you got you got a new you got a new uh, you got a new uh, coaching team in there. You got new management. You know maybe they'll ratchet it up and uh, you know maybe they'll uh, they were, you know they were have a lot of talent. You just got to learn how to use yeah. it. They were one of the big disappointments mm. in the NFL last year, Jacksonville. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they took a big step back. Even uh, what's his name, Bortles, took a step back. But he's a young quarterback. Yeah. You got to be patient. I, I think he could be a good player. Oh no, yeah, I, I would stay patient with Bortles. I think he's going to be yeah. a fine player. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, he shows promise. You know, he's you know what they need an offensive. You got to get an offensive, offensive line, line yeah. and a running back and a, and a running game. You know, that's that's right. what helps young 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 running backs the best. Kind of like what the yeah. Raiders did with Carr. They got him a good offensive line and a you know and a bunch of pieces in the run, running game. And you know, and they uh you know they it settled them down. And he's you know he's yeah, an offensive is. line is a quarterback's best friend, right? You know, mm-hmm. especially a young quarterback. You know, if you want to protect him and keep him upright. I, I would watch them with Leonard Fournette. I would see. Uh, they, I think they would be players for Fournette. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, or Cook. You know, they may. You know, more of a local kid played at Florida State. I mean, personally, I, I like Cook better than. Uh, I like Cook better than Fournette, but you know everybody Me has too. Fournette on sports. So I had a I like Cook better right. too. Yeah, I don't like the uh, Adrian Peterson uh, comparisons with Fournette. I just don't see it. I, I mean, I didn't watch Fournette week to week in college or nothing, but I, I can tell by what I see, he's no Adrian Peterson. Oh no, I mean, I watch Adrian Peterson uh, from the beginning, and uh, he's no Adrian Peterson. And and, no. and LSU has a lot of a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent, you know, throughout the roster and. Uh, Right. He never reminded me of Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I love so talking about Fournette too, for over see. two years, you know? Yeah. yeah Fournette I think was a Fournette's big... a perfect fit on, like, Carolina. I think he's a perfect, like, Carolina running back. I think he'd be perfect there. Yeah, he looks like a Carolina Panther. I could just see his name he on the jersey. He looks like a Panther, right? Yeah, like he just, yeah, he just looks yeah like I could see that. That they could fit in there. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, who knows how long can you how, how long can you run Jonathan Stewart? It seems like Jonathan Stewart has been on the pantry yeah, for 20 like years. Never, yeah, he just keeps going. Yeah, it's like 20 years. Yeah, it's First like, is, is Jonathan Stewart playing this like week? Was there. You know, is he playing this Ray week? Williams felt like yeah. he was there for, yeah, forever. D'Angelo Williams, too. And, he, and if I'm right, he was there before G- D'Angelo Williams, right? I think he was. No, I think I know they were there together. First. Yeah, I think they had Williams first. Yeah, and then they drafted Yeah, I think Williams is a little older than Stewart. 
Then who am I thinking of? There was a running back there that with D'Angelo Williams before he got there. And I, 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 I want to say what's I think there? it was another Stewart. Stewart. I think it was actually James Stewart or, or, or someone like James that. James Stewart, yeah, you're right. It was the other Stewart. Yeah, there was another no. Stewart they had. Yeah, see, if I wasn't on my phone, yeah. I'd look it up because now I'm curious. Because I know when they brought in D'Angelo Williams, they already had a running back when they drafted D'Angelo Williams. I'm certain of that. I just I could have sworn it was Stewart. I thought Stewart was had already been there, and they and they added because they were like one of the first ones to use the whole tandem back thing over the recent years. You know. Yeah, they pretty much started off this uh, running yeah. back by committee deal. Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing the committee thing for a while. And uh, it just seems it like Stewart's been there forever. So what do you think about uh, Geno Smith to the Giants? It's a big move. What that's I, the big move. That's the under-the-radar move of the week. He's a, a backup quarterback. What, you know, anytime you get a backup quarterback, you know what you're hoping for, that they never play. Maybe they grooming, If they never play, they it's him, a good sign. Are they grooming him to be the future, you think? <laughs> I highly doubt it. We <laughs> have <laughs> something. <laughs> Watch, watching Duke Brown go get his uh, his uh, Geno Smith jersey and become a cheerleader for Geno Smith. That'd be awesome. Oh, no. You won't see that. Don't worry. I just hope he never plays. If he never plays, it's a great signing. First game-winning first game winning drive at the end of the fourth quarter, all will be forgotten. That's all I can say. Oh, not by me, bro. Imagine the article in the paper. Who should start next week? Like a poll, Gino or Eli? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine a poll in the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you start? Yeah. If Eli starts struggle, struggling, the fans like shout, chanting Gino. I highly doubt it, though. Burning <laughs> Eli jerseys would be great. Yeah. I mean, listen, hey. Who, who's better than Gino? He, he can come here, get paid, hold the clipboard, no pressure. You know what I mean? He's basically just coming and taking snaps in practice. That's all he's going to do. But you know what? As a backup, I mean, he's more experienced than Nassib. You know, he had real game experience where Nassib, you know, never yeah, played more Nassib than a preseason gonna, game. So, you know. Name Nassib. He's never going to, you know, he's, no, you're never going to see it. You're never going to hear about him once. I think they're going to cut him. Didn't they sign Josh Johnson too? So, I mean, they got their three Yeah, well, no, he, he's, He's uh, I don't even think he's on the contract anymore. His contract's yeah. up, and and Next you know he was you injured. Next time you hear about that, him leading a drive in the Canadian Football League, so yeah, well, maybe he's, maybe he catches on somewhere. There's, you know what? There's somebody who always wants a quarterback, even if it's a second or a third string. You know, there's always work for quarterbacks in football. Hey Joe. Yeah. Just for a second, so the running back you were thinking of is Deshaun Foster. Okay. All right, yeah. That's who was there. When, he was, when D'Angelo Williams was drafted, that's who the running back of the Panthers was, Deshaun Foster. And, then, and when did they draft Stewart? They drafted him after D'Angelo Williams? I would think so. Yeah, he was probably like a couple of years later. No, but you're not positive or you just think so? That's what I'm asking you. I don't know I'm if you're looking it, it up. But D'Angelo Williams was in the 2006 draft. Right. I'll tell you right now where Jonathan Stewart was. And still going, D'Angelo Williams, too. Well, the way he's going to sign, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. He, yeah, last I heard he was. And LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt's a guy I think would be a good fit for the Giants. But I, I just don't see them signing him. But he would be good to go with Perkins. He's, good. he's on a power back. I think that would be a good compliment. Like, 
he gets touchdowns. So, so what do you guys think about? So, what do you guys want to start with the Jets? Like, what are the Jets doing? Are, are the Jets going to get a quarterback? Are the Jets going to get Kamara? Are they going to do something stupid like that? RG three? I don't know. I think if they sign any one of those guys, they're making just a big mistake. I, I mean, what's Jay Cutler going to do? Give them five wins instead of three? And then they'll be drafting like sixth or seventh and not high enough to even get a quarterback. They should just see what they got in the two guys they have already. They may have a quarterback already. You're not going to know until you give them a shot. And this year is a perfect opportunity to let these guys duke it out and see what you got, I think. You know, just yeah, rebuild. Just, in, you know. Stewart was drafted in 2008, two years after D'Angelo Williams. He was? Okay. All right. Well, there goes that. Yeah, so Jets, they, they, went, they went to Stallworth. Obviously, Stallworth wasn't going to leave New England for the Jets. And uh, so, you know, it's going to see where the Jets, where can the Jets, where do you think the Jets go in the first round, Pete? What would be your prediction for that? Maybe they're going to go for White, the, 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 um, the, the defensive back out of uh, LSU. I was always impressed with him. The Jets seem to, you know, you you got to get defensive players. I mean, I know it's not the sexy thing to do. I mean, everybody probably was banging the board. All their fans maybe want them to take a running back or a flashy player that, you know, that'll stand out right away. But, I don't know, I think they I kind of like the the, um, the GM McCagnan. I think he's a good, pretty good uh, evaluator talent. I'd probably go with the kid White from uh, out of uh, LSU, you know, plug him in there. You know, you got you got Revis. Uh, Moving on, you know, uh, you got a glaring need there. You're going to, you know, if you're ever going to want to beat New England, <laughs> you're going to have to get some uh, defensive backs, you know, to stop their offense. So, I mean, that's a good place to start. I mean, they've got their, their they got their, their defensive line seems kind of set. You know, their linebackers are kind of strong. I mean, I like a couple of their young linebackers. So, yeah, I would look at the defensive backfield or maybe they want to go, you know, take the best uh, – you know, maybe they want to take a, a, a look at, a, at an offensive lineman like Cam Robinson if, if they want to go on the offensive side of the ball. But, uh, you know, as long as they don't take a guy like O.J. Howard, a guy that, you know, you really need a complete team, you know. To, to, to just, yeah, O.J. Howard is more fit for a good team. He's more fit yeah, for a good you, team. If you have a set a team, you want to, your, last, your last piece, you want to, you know, you want to draft him and throw him in there. Yeah, if you're a tight end away, you know. Your Jets aren't there, though, yeah. When when you look at their roster, is there anything they, they, they don't need? I mean, they well, just strictly, the, you know, the defensive they need everything. line is pretty good. And their linebackers, right. their front seven isn't bad. It's the back it's the back four that they can, they need help on. And, you know, True, offensively, but it, it, offensive their, line their front is in, seven, Their front seven isn't good enough to where they could pass on somebody else either. You know what I mean? That, you know, a front seven player is out there that's – I mean, if you have Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams, and uh, and and uh, and who's the guy from Temple? The guy that just signed. They had three good defensive linemen. I think I think uh, he'd have to be a really great player. You know, I, I don't think Solomon, back. Yeah, I don't see Solomon Thomas. Uh, One of these guys players. are going to get dealt. I think at the draft. One of those linemen. Probably yeah, Sheldon Richardson or yeah. Richardson or Wilkinson. One of those guys are getting traded. Yeah, and it's going to be hard to trade Wilkerson coming off the year he had. And supposedly and he's over, overweight now, and, you know, that, yeah, that was a big disappointment. Yeah, he's got and he's got a huge cap number, so that's going to be tough. To yeah. 
Yeah. So Pete, Adam, Adam, who was on before you guys, was asking about this, about the Raiders. We said to ask you, he said, why didn't the Raiders keep, just keep Murray and running back? What do you, you think is the reason? I just think it's, it's I think it's a salary cap crunch, and you know it's, you know they had a certain amount of money that they were gonna, you know, put into the offense, and uh, and uh, it's interesting because Murray went off the board, and then they signed Cook, or was it the other way around? I think they pretty much used the money they were gonna use for running back, and they and they, and they put it into the tight end, and uh, you know what I I kind of think he I kind of think McKenzie likes um. You know the running backs that we had: D'Angelo Wash, D'Angelo, uh, DeAndre Washington, and uh, and uh, Pritchett. Uh, of course, um, you know you, they signed Cordell Patterson, and what he what they did last year, they used both the running backs on special teams. One was uh, used in punt return, and one was in kick return. And you signed Cordell Patterson, it frees them up to just play offense now. And you know what? They have a good offensive line, and and uh, Dan, um, the Washington is, is he, he runs good out of the he, he's always run out of the shotgun and he's he, he fits the offense well like he's a good shotgun runner and uh, I just think it's it's a numbers game and they they feel and, and he's confident in the plays that they have already on the team that's you know and it's unfortunately in a salary cap league you can't sign everybody. Yep. Yeah, you, know, you got to develop players, you know. That's- so what do you think? Wait, what do you think? So the Raiders, they're done free agency pretty much. They're just looking at the draft at this point. Well, you never know. I mean, I heard I heard rumors if Peterson wanted to sign for 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 two years, sixteen million, they'd be at least Peterson would be open to it. I'm, you know, the Raiders haven't have really you know stayed awake publicly from stating what they're doing. Which I like. I mean, you know, I like the fact that they're, you know, they're keeping everything in in house these days. But yeah, I mean, if uh, you never know, you never know when, uh, you know, when they're finishing. I like, I like that move. If the Raiders could get Peterson. I like that move. I Especially like it, but you know what? That, that's not really really doesn't mesh what they do offensively. Like I said, they. They like to run the ball a lot out of shotgun, and that's not really what you do with Peterson. That's why, you know, DeAndre Washington playing in Texas Tech is, you know, for four years, you know, he had a lot of he had a lot of um, experience running running those plays out of you know a lot of those running plays out of shotgun, and he really kind of complements the offense pretty well. But you know what, I I would have known, you know, if, if as long as the price is right, I have no issues with them signing Peterson, you know. Obviously, I think, always, I think with, for Peterson to go to a contender, he's either one, he, well, two things. One, he's going to have to come down on his price, big time, big time, and he's going to have to be willing to adjust to a different offense. He can't expect at the wrong side of thirty teams to ch- change their offense and run around him. And I think he would be most effective if he got like fifteen touches a game to twenty. Not where he's the workload guy, and he's not the player he once was. Let's face it. You know, what I mean, that's why he's out there now. If he was the player he once was, he wouldn't be there right now. So, you know, either he's going to have to be willing to do those two things, or you know what, go back to Minnesota and you know, right off into the sunset. Uh, you know, it's one or the other, man. You know, oh, that's, that's over. over. That's, that's, that's over. They signed. They yeah, signed Marvin. Yeah. That's yeah, right. So he don't even have that option anymore. So he, if I'm him, I you know, I look at these teams like say Oakland, maybe the Giants or the Pats or. You know, somebody 
who's a now team who can win, and he said himself, hey, man, you know, I want a shot at winning. I, I like him in Philadelphia. Him. I kind of want him to go to Philadelphia. I think they, they, they need a running back. Um, they have a young quarterback. I mean, their offensive line is, you know, it's a little, I would say it's above average. I think he fits yeah, well no, in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, their line's pretty good. Yeah, no, I you know, they play on, they, they they play on grass. That'd be like a big deal for him, too. I would like to see him play on grass, I mean, because – you know, he played. He played in uh, Minnesota all those years. You know, that takes that taxes you playing on that turf. I mean, sure. I like, I like, I like that when an older player goes and he plays on the. You know, and he, he play, plays on grass. He plays half his half his games on grass. I think it could actually right. prolong his career. At least, you know, have a small impact on prolonging his career. So, and right. I think and another, team, another team, another team that's being starting to be mentioned now is Detroit. Right. Uh, that's yeah, well, he, he's he's never played on a team where he wasn't the number one option, and, and those days are over now. You know, so anywhere he goes, he's not going to be the number one option anywhere. You know what I mean? And I, I think we're a little quick on saying that. I mean, he, he only played like three, like four games last year. I still think. I mean, Minnesota had an and awful offensive line. I mean, but that's a major awful. concern that he only played four. I mean, yeah, I would, a, it would be a you know, concern. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know he's an aging player, you know, One running back. He's coming, he's going to come in excellent shape, that, you know, more than anything. That is true. Yeah, yeah. He ain't going to be showing yeah. up like Eddie Lacy, you know. No, <laughs> fat Eddie Lacy. Well, more he's a very mo- mo- motivated guy, you know, and a proud right. guy. So I could definitely see him in the right spot excelling. I could definitely say it. I, you know, I still can't believe Eddie Lacy where. got a contract at 267 pounds. Uh, you know, I mean, the weight I mean it's I've amazing. I've never seen anything like that weight clause. That's pretty funny, huh? Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm not signing a running back who comes in at 267. That there tells me right there. This guy in his free agency is overweight. I mean, if you're not motivated now. Yeah, that tells you the whole story. You know story. what I mean? You're right. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big red flag. I mean, if I'm the team interviewing him, he comes in. They're not even showing up scale. to your workout. You're looking for a contract right. and you're showing up out of shape. If he's tipping the scales at 267, I show him the door. You know, nice meeting. Take care. <laughs> you know, really? Yeah, you, you, it's like going to a, you know, a, a job interview with shorts and a T-shirt. Uh, you, you know, yeah. what are you doing? Like, you know, come on, man. Hey, Pete, anything Yo. else on Osweiler with Cleveland? Anything new there? What's going on there? Well, pretty much status quo. I think they're going to wait till the, um till his next uh, payment is due, you know, for cap-wise, and they're gonna, he's going to be a late cut. I mean, I mean, what else? What else? You know, that was the plan all along. I mean, like I said, it was funny money to to, to get to the salary floor. That's an old Islander trick when they would they would, you know, they would trade for uh, like a Tim Thomas who was retired just to get to the salary floor. It's one of those deals that the NFL is. Uh, yeah. It's one of those deals, and you know, it's just uh, you know, uh, he's gonna probably. Uh, I I think a good good place for Osweiler to land a nice landing spot for Osweiler once he's cut is to back up, uh, be the backup in Dallas. You know. He's pretty much staying where he is, you know. He's not doesn't have to uproot his family, stay in the, in the Texas area, you know, back up. Uh, you know, yeah, that makes sense. And up and up, Jerry whatever. Jones. Cut the cord, Jerry. Just cut the fucking guy already. Enough, enough. I know. Enough, I enough. Mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it's all because he doesn't want him to sign in Texas. You proud fuck. Just cut the guy, you son of a bitch. I can't take it anymore. He just wants, he just wants, he just wants. It really is. He's so stupid already. Just cut the guy, really. And you know what's, you, you know what it, You're not getting anybody who, right, Houston or Denver, you think they're stupid? They're going to sit there and say, all right, you want to hold on to him, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, eventually, they're going to have to come anyway. Keep you, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not gonna, yeah, they're not going into the season with him, and everybody knows it. Like, and it's you know, for like a seventh round pick. I mean, give me a fucking break. For a seventh round right, pick, right. you're gonna—he's just an attention whore. That's what he is, and I can't. No, he I, is. I he is. And I gotta think really Romo's got to be pissed off. Like, you know, like he paid yeah. his dues with the Cowboys. He's probably like, dude, you know, let me go here. Come on, stop wasting my time. I want to get home with my life. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Unless he's just gonna, unless, Jerry, unless they know that he's gonna retire and he just wants them to retire. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to you know, know what? I don't think he's retiring because he would have already. What, what, what's stopping? No, I you think know what he I'm wants saying? To if he, play. I think he wants to Yeah, play. I think he does too. I think he does too. And and he so he, he would have retired already. If he wanted to retire, he could have left. Well, there's nothing stopping him. There's nothing holding him back from that. He could have done that. That's something he can control. So if he really wanted to, he would have. So he gets knocked out again, and then he'll be done. Yeah, and so the first time that. he lands on that shoulder and he's holding his shoulder running to the sideline, I can't. Yeah, shoulder is collarbone. One of them is going to break. I mean, well, you, think I any of the top, you think any of the top five teams, top five teams could uh, in this draft could make a trade? Sure. I, I would like to. I would like to see the Jets trade down because they have, like we said, they they have a bunch of uh, needs. And you never know when one of those teams is going to fall in love with a quarterback. Maybe they can get a maybe they can get a good deal out of it. You never know. Yeah, if I'm the Jets, I would trade down to like the middle of the first round, not too far down, like maybe like the middle. Somebody's looking to jump up, and you could acquire some more picks. Why not? Cleveland. I mean, I know they have enough picks, but who knows? You never know. I think they'd go up, down, and all around. Maybe from twelve back up. Maybe the Cleveland. Maybe Cleveland wants that second pick in the top in the top ten. Draft yeah, to get a quarterback. And they fall in love with Watson. Maybe they want to, you know, they have a bunch of picks to trade instead of wasting the picks on Jimmy fucking Garoppolo. Get a real player. I just don't even get that. Yeah, I don't get the whole Garoppolo fascination, especially at the price. I mean, if they were getting the guy for like a third rounder, all right, you know what? You want to take a shot? That's cool. But nothing more than that. I wouldn't give him nothing more than that. Just because it's New England, I'd give him nothing. I'd be like, you know what? You love him so much, keep him. Pay yeah, him really. You're going to lose him in a year anyway. Yeah, pay him, either pay him or pay him or keep him or let him go in free agency. I, you get nothing. Yeah, and, 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 and that's what they're going to – listen, the Buccaneers did that. They, the Buccaneers could have traded Glennon last year. I don't know what they were thinking. You guys just took Jameson Winston. You know, you obviously, you know, weren't confident in Glennon for the future if you went and drafted another quarterback. You don't see him in your plans. So why not get something from him? He's going to walk and leave, you, you know, and they didn't. And – you know, I don't know. I, something tells me that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to look so good in a different uniform. <laughs> something tells me yeah. he's not going to even look good in a New England uniform, to be honest with you. Right. <laughs> well, and any, 
Yeah, but you know what? Anybody looks good there. I mean, you know, guys always do. And then they, you know, just something about it. Just, I don't know. Right, so I got something interesting I want to do with you guys. So, you know, obviously we got like a five weeks until the draft. But, you know, pre- leading up to the draft, maybe every week, we'll have like the top, talk about the top prospects at every position. So, like, this week we're just going to do defensive line. So, right. uh, just, just just want to start with, like, We'll start with ends right now. So, uh, obviously, you know, the consensus number one pick is Miles Garrett. I know, Pete, you're not so sure on that one, right? That, yeah, my guy's probably going to that pick that first. But you like yeah, Barnett I like the Barnett guy, too. Right? I like Barnett, too. He looks like a beast. He does look like a beast. 13 sacks and two forced fumbles last year. Now, other than them, who else do you like? So, Taco Charlton, right, is out there. Uh, Allen, the guy Allen. Allen is out Smart. there. Solomon Thomas. Stop Thomas is, a, is to me is one of the is one of the hidden gems in his uh, draft. Even though he's going to go second overall. Yeah, I don't think he's a hidden gem. <laughs> he's going at the top of the draft. He he looks awesome too. What do you think? It's supposed uh, to be a very deep draft. Tell me what you think. What do you think of Charles Harris from Missouri? Yeah, he's projected to go fairly early. Charlton's supposed to go, they're saying, like, late first round he's projected. I actually like yeah. Charlton more than the kid out of Missouri. I really I, – I've I seen a, bo- a lot of both of them. You know? To me, Charlton, Charlton's more of a – you mean, he's more he, – he has, like, a – to me, he's – like, he has a purpose when you put him on the field. He – you you could put him in your sub packages on third on on third and second and third down and uh to me the kid out of Missouri is more of a he'll just uh he'll take up he'll take up space in the line he's not going to be more he's not going to be an impact player like a Charlton would be that that's just my opinion at least and Tim Williams is another interesting guy like that you know obviously some off the field things got people worried about him but the talent is. Is unbelievable, you know. Right, then you got McKinley. You got McKinley. Uh, the guy Reddick, Marcus Walker. Kind of like an outside linebacker slash end. Who the kid out of Temple? Yeah, I like him. I mean, yeah, yeah he looks like really him. good. He's projected That's to go the one late in the first. From Illinois. Who's that? Juan Smoot. There's a lot of guys Smoot? like you know, yeah. Any relation to Fred Smoot? You remember Fred Smoot on the Redskins, defensive back? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There's any relation there? Uh, Definitely a projected first round pick. It's just a question of where. Has everyone yeah, well, at, uh, we'll look at some. All it uh, takes is one trade in the first round, and everything will be up in a frenzy. You know. Or or draft day, some one of these kids going on Twitter with a fucking gas mask on their face. Yeah, right. Like like everybody had Tunzel last year. The consensus number one pick. Yeah, There's yeah. no way this guy doesn't go. And then, <laughs> then the gas mask came out, <laughs> and we all know how that worked out. But uh, yeah, you never really you know. Listen, like Jonathan Allen, right? You got Jonathan Allen. You got uh, you know, Caleb Brantley from Florida, who's really good. Malik McDowell from Michigan State. Chris Wormley is interested from Michigan because he could play end and tackle. 
you know. Wormly. That's a great name. He's very, he's very good. The big worm. So they got a cool big worm, from though. Oklahoma, Pete. Yeah, he's one of those kids that uh, Stoops kicked him off the team in the middle of the year because he was worried too much about his draft uh, stock, and uh, he actually didn't play the last, like, uh, four or five games of the year. But he was a good player. He's, like, more of an interior guy than I would say an outside impact guy that, you know, that's going to rush the quarterback. But, uh, yeah, he's a a good player. He's a really good player. He's one of he wasn't a big recruit. He's one of those guys that uh that they uh, developed, and uh you know like I said he, he, he had some concussion. He, he had a concussion history. Yeah, that's maybe another one of the reasons why he you know Stoops was like yeah, you know what that's he, definitely a red flag concussion, especially this yeah. day with the protocols. He's, you, he's you got know. a second third round grade. To be a exactly. That's pick. what they were saying about him, Dorney. But he's a good player. I mean, he looked good playing against college kids, but, you know, he, I don't know how that's going to translate into the NFL game. Did Jaron Jones from Notre Dame. You got you got Jaleo Johnson from Iowa. You got some decent guys. These guys are all projected second, third round range. Montrevious Adams from Auburn. You know, Wormley's the first, second round, for you know, grade. McDowell's first, second round. Brantley. And then Allen's obviously going to probably be top two or three picks. So, Yeah, Allen's projected to go, like, in the top five. And then, you know, you can look at also there's some ends here for uh, three, four defenses. Because, you know, like, that's another thing. Which defense, you know, a guy's going to fit. You know, like Allen, right. like we're just talking about Allen's a tackle, but he can play the end. Well, Allen's an end. Four. Yeah, yeah, no, he's projected to go as an end. But on a four yeah, three, he's a three four, he in a three four, he can no tackle though in a three four. Yeah. Yeah, McDowell, Wormley, all these guys are in there. You got the other guy, McKinley. <laughs> yeah, they can be and uh, LSU. The Godchild or Chucks, whatever the hell, the hell you pronounce his name, is pretty good. And Chunky Clements from Illinois is pretty good. I like his name, Chunky Clements. Yeah, that's a great Chunk. name. And Taco Charlton. I mean, how awesome is that name? Yeah, Taco People call Charlton. Taco, great, that's man. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like the true nose yeah. tackles in a draft, obviously, you have Caleb Brantley from Florida. Montavious Adams from Auburn. So these are true nose tackles. You know, Jerry Jones, Notre Dame, like we just talked about. Clemson, Carlos Watkins. These are true nose tackles on three fours. So, how many teams? Yeah, I don't see. How many teams only do you think do the three four? Now, I, I think say more than half of them now. It's it's you like you trending so, up. Yeah. yeah. Every team, every team has, you know, not, you know, they don't play three, four, or four downs. They, you know, they, they, they wrote, you know, they, they, they do a lot of trick defenses, and you know, every team, I would think almost every team has, uh, has some three, four in it. You know, even the Giants and the, uh, maybe not the Giants because I don't even think the Giants. Nah, the Giants play. never, they, they never do three, four. I, I, I personally, I don't see why you would go three, four when you could go four. I'd much rather have four up front. You know what I mean? I, don't, I mean, it's a passing league. Don't you want to have a pass rush? And you got a better chance for four guys up front as opposed to three. 
That's where know. a guy like the Dayon Buchanan or or uh, Jabril Pepe's are really valuable. If you're going to play a three four, they can, yeah. you can have a linebacker out there that can cover tight ends and even uh, wide receivers at, at times. So, I mean, yeah, I think it, it, it's more on your personnel. You know what you have on your personnel. But uh, right. yeah, I, most teams they use some form of the three four. I mean, they they mix it in. Even the Raiders. The Raiders use a little bit of the three four also, even though they're they're a base four three team. So, Yesterday, me and Pete were talking about Jabril Peppers, and I, I think he's he kind of reminds me of like that guy Buchanan on the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's the kind of role he might be in the NFL, like a safety slash linebacker, and, and he would fit in well with like a three four because you know you could drop him back at safety, you could play him at linebacker, you could you know what I mean, you could. Move him around, you know. I, th- I mean, it's I think either way, the guy's going to be a player. But, you know. what they do with him. Yeah. I mean, I think he's talented enough to play in any scheme. I, I just think that, you know, that might, be, you know, he he probably is better suited for a three-four because you know you could utilize him in different ways, more so than just safety. I like him because he's going to be on the field every snap on defense. I mean, no matter where, I like I, I like drafting guys that where you can uh you know they're going to be four down three three down line back, three down uh players where they can uh you know they have a little bit of versatility in them where they could uh you know you can mix them in in zone coverage you could uh blitz them he's a good blitzer Jabril Peppers he could do a lot of things out there I mean guys like that are just uh, very valuable. Yeah, I think he's just going to be a player no matter where he ends up or what he's playing. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. You think he's a, you think he's going to play some offense? I wouldn't uh, do it if I, I wouldn't do it if I was uh, if the yeah, coach I don't know. Like the, especially a rookie. Especially a rookie, you want him to um to learn one position, one side of the ball. I mean, it's tough as it is. I mean, Maybe not so much as a defensive back, but uh, you know, if he's going to play a little bit of linebacker, you're going to want him to um, to learn one playbook and not mix him in. I, I would. The last thing I'd want to do is have my first round pick get hurt playing offense. Right, I agree. What do you think Which of J.J. White's brother, the linebacker? Well, I don't know. He. You know, I watched him a little in the combines. I mean, you know, guy's still young. He looks like he needs to get a little bigger. You know what I mean? But I guess you could say that about a lot of these guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's – I don't know if he's going to be a defensive end. I think he's going to be more of an outside linebacker. Me too. I don't think he's big enough to be an end. Yeah, but he, he looks like he could be a good outside linebacker. You know, coming in with the name and the pedigree, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him, you know, and – you know, I've lost the expectations, but I, I think he's more suited to be an outside linebacker. And we'll probably he's see also, him He's go also going to get first. an opportunity, you know? Yeah. I think he goes, like, later in the first round. Yeah, he's projected late first, early second. That's his projection. Tato, he had 50 and. Eleven and a half sacks, fifteen and a half tackles for a loss. Four passes batted and two forced fumbles. Pretty good year. Yeah, not bad at all. So yeah, six six four two fifty two. So you know, 
six four two fifty two. Yeah, he's not big enough to be an end. But that doesn't mean no, he can't be. You know, like maybe maybe you he'd know, be maybe better he puts at three, he's definitely a three four. He's gotta be a three four outside linebacker. That's all he could do. He can't be in a four three and it's not gonna work. No, but he could be a four three outside linebacker too. Yeah, if he does that. But he is good on the line. You kinda of want him off, coming off the edge. Right. He could blitz, but he could also drop back. I think a 3-4 is a perfect spot, man. Yeah, it seems more ideal. I guess we'll have to see where he goes, you know? Yeah, so. But, yeah, that's, yeah, so I just wanted to, next week we'll do, like, line, we'll get more into linebackers and stuff. You know, we'll do, like, the up position every week, like, leading up to the draft and stuff, you know? Sounds good. We'll keep it moving like that, you know? That'll be fun. And then we'll do DBs the week after. And DBs are right. stacked in this draft. It's a stacked DB yeah. draft. So. Yeah, DBs, running backs, and defensive ends. Yeah. Yeah, so now basically we're at a, we're at a, a time now where free agency slows up. And, uh, you know, there's some, you'll see some minor signings still, but, you know, you know, obviously Peterson's still out there. But other than that, you can see a lot of minor signings. And then uh, leading up to the draft, and now it's, now it's mock season for the next five weeks. There'll be a lot of mocks. And if you guys heard what yeah. I was talking about earlier, you know, the week before the draft, we're going to do, do a mock first round, the three of us, where, like, you know, we all just keep picking one one at a time for the team. Whoever's on the clock, we'll pick for that team, and we'll go through the whole first round. And we'll do, you know, one pick each. You know, like, I'll go, you go, he goes. Then back to me, you, Pete, like that. Boom, boom, boom. And we'll knock yeah, out the whole first cool. round. And then we'll see how close we can come, maybe how many of the first round we we hit. That'd be fun. So, all right, guys. I'll let you guys go. Thank you for coming on today, talking some football as always. Yeah, no sweat, and, uh, man. Next week, next week we'll continue with linebackers and just the news of the week. We'll see what else happens in the next week. And Pete, just All touching right, cool. on what you were talking about before with Jacksonville with Fournette. There's actually a report now that says Jack, a strong chance Jacksonville could be looking at Fournette in the first round. Sure. So, I guess they listen to so the that, show. Yeah, so maybe they're listening to you. Maybe Coughlin is listening to PDZ, okay? PC. <laughs> there PC you go. And PD- yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks again, and I'll speak to you soon. All right, man. All right, man. Later. Later. All right, man. Football guys, PDZ and Doodoo Brown, doing a great job as always. Doing some NFL, draft, free agency. Giants, Jet News, Raider News, we covered a lot of stuff there, a lot of rumors. Good job, as always, by my two guys, my two football guys. It's always great having them on, and we been hearing a lot of them the next month, five weeks. We're going to be doing a lot of football, obviously, leading up to the draft. Great time of the year for football. Great time of the year for sports. Between March Madness, the NFL, draft, and free agency. Obviously, baseball's coming, the World Baseball Classic. The NBA and NHL and the playoff pushes. It's a great time of the year to be a sports fan. There's a lot, a lot on, a lot to talk about. So we are going to get into a little baseball and then obviously college basketball and then try to touch on the NBA and the NHL in the final hour as well. 
So a lot, a lot still to come in the in the in the remaining uh, remaining part of the show. So obviously, hold on one second. I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, so obviously, what the heck, what's going on here? All right, got rid of it. All right, so obviously, yeah, a lot going on here. So a busy time for sports and a great, great time of the year. So we're going to get into some college basketball and some baseball. When we come out of the break, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And then when I come out of the break, we're going to get into some, uh, obviously, college basketball. There's a game start in about 17 minutes. There'll be a game start. So we'll have some live look-in on the game as well. And we're also going to talk some baseball as well. So I'll be back after this short little commercial break. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. 
Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Been covering a lot of the first two hours of the show, pretty much two hours in. Final hour coming up now. Did a lot of uh, college basketball in the first hour. You know, reviewed the first two days of the tournament and talked about the next two days, you know, previewing the games and stuff. And we're going to be doing a lot more of this in the final hour, as well as going over the Mojo Bracket Challenge. We did some uh, little baseball, and we did uh, a lot of NFL in the last hour. From 11 to 12, we were doing NFL. So we caught you all up to date on all the latest rumors, free agency news, draft news in the NFL, Giants and Jet news in the NFL. So we, we caught you up with that stuff. Now, you know, going to get into college in a minute. We did want to touch on some baseball, as I did a little earlier. Obviously, the Mets yesterday, 16-2. to two. Obviously, we're not really concerned about the scores at this point, but concerned about performance on certain guys, especially guys coming back from injuries. And, uh, you know, offensively, the Mets look fine. I still think the bullpen's a problem. They're saying familiar suspension now might not be as long as everybody originally thought. It might be a short suspension now. So it could, instead of looking at the 30 days that we all thought it was going to be, we might actually, you know, it might be maybe half of that. So we'll see We'll see what happens when it actually comes down. They're waiting for the World Baseball Classic to end before they hand the suspension. It's familiar as part of the World Baseball Classic. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, Harvey, not, Harvey's a lot down in the 91 range. Obviously, four or five miles an hour less than he than it was when he was really at his best, and uh, it's troubling. Obviously, he's coming back from an injury. Not many people have come back from. Nobody's really come back from the same. The most notable pitcher who had this injury was Josh Beckett, and when he came back, he wasn't the same. He was still, you know, pretty effective because he was a great pitcher, but uh, clearly wasn't what he was before that. When Beckett was at his best, he was dominant, and so was Harvey. And but you know we don't know. Hopefully Harvey can bounce back, but it's definitely us a little little worrisome now. Looking at a pitch, especially with earlier reports and earlier in camp that he looked great, and obviously it's not the case. And it's not even the results of giving up the runs; it's the velocities down. So Harvey's going to have to change the way he pitches. You know, he pitched. He's going to have to reinvent himself with other pitches. You know, and to be a strike thrower, but be able to move the ball around. But that's what that's what Harvey's got to do, and uh, you know, let's see if he he can do it. Obviously, he's got his new girlfriend now, Adrian Lima, Adriana Lima, supermodel, and uh, he's always had the model, so he's never had a problem in that department. But let's hope uh, he can get it together on the field because the Mets really need him. Obviously, Syndergaard and Degrom look great; they're throwing hard. But Syndergaard's throwing hard. I don't know how happy I am that he had a guy throwing a hundred in spring training. But he's throwing 100 miles an hour. The ground was hitting 97. Wheel is hitting 97. The wheel looks really good. So you got to start wondering, you know, Matt looked good yesterday. You know, if Harvey's healthy, obviously he's going to be in there. But is Harvey healthy? Is he going to start the season on the DL, which could open a spot? So right now, Wheeler, Giselman, and Lugo are battling for the fifth spot. But I did hear something yesterday that indicated Harvey could start the year on the DL possibly. If things, you know, if he's not feeling, if his velocity don't go up and they feel he needs some more work. So something to keep an eye on from the Mets' perspective. And uh, like I said, 
So that's really that going on there. Their last bench spots up. They've got a bench spot up for grabs. And, uh, you know, other than that, the Mets are pretty much ready to go, you know, ready to, ready for the season two weeks from Monday against Atlanta at City Field. So I'm looking forward to baseball. I believe the first games are on the Sunday, the day before. There's like three games. And then uh, the Yankees are one of them. And then I think on Monday is when the Mets and the Braves open up at City Field. So I'll be interested to see that. You're going to have Syndergaard versus Tehran in that game. So that'll be a good good pitcher matchup opening day. And uh, now at this point, at this point, yeah, you got guys and some teams got guys in the world get hurt. You know, obviously Nemo got hurt for the Mets. He left the World Baseball Classic. He came back. He strained his hamstring. Sandy thinks he'll be ready for opening day, but they're not sure. He obviously, he's in a reserve role, but still, you don't want to lose your depth either. So, you know, already, you know, guys playing there, you know, teams don't like to see their guys get hurt. Mets got Lugo there, T.J. Rivera. They're on Puerto Rico. The Mets got, uh, obviously, Reyes is with the Dominican Republic with Familia. So, Mets got some guys there. Guys like Syndergaard, DeGrom, these guys turned down the invitation. I'm glad they did. They were your team. Especially the pitchers, you want the pitchers in camp. You don't because these pitchers are getting overworked there. They said the Mets, Mets were complaining that Familia is getting overworked, and they're not happy that Dominicans are running his arm through the ground. Even with a suspension coming, you don't want to see a guy overworked this early. But you know these teams, these countries want to win. They're, they're trying to win. These games are very good. It's good baseball, I tell you. If you want to watch good baseball early in the year, because spring training is really not great baseball. If you really want to see good baseball, watch this World Baseball Classic because these teams are intense. These teams want to win. The fans are crazy. Tonight's game, elimination game, U.S. and Dominican Republic, sell-out crowd in San Diego. You expect a big, loud crowd tonight, an elimination game. And the winner will move on to the, the semifinals on Monday. Yeah, on Monday or Sunday. I think it starts Monday. It could, it could be Sunday. Actually, I think it is Sunday. So, and I know so far it's the three teams are Puerto Rico, Japan, and uh, and the Netherlands that are in the final four. So it's going to be U.S. and Dominican Republic, the winner to be determined tonight at 10 o'clock. So definitely a good game to watch tonight if you if you definitely uh, have nothing, uh, you know, if you're home tonight and you want to watch some good baseball, MLB Network at 10 o'clock tonight, USA, Dominican Republic, elimination game, World Baseball Classic. Obviously, the Yankees yesterday got a no-hitter. I mentioned earlier, Tanaka with two relievers combined for a no-hitter. So that's always nice, even though it's spring training. Now, that's one thing you don't need. Anytime you can give a team no hits, you're, you're, you're very happy with that. So good job by the Yankees pitchers yesterday getting the job done. And, uh, you know, Looking into the season for the Yankees, obviously, <clears throat> you know, Bird, I'll tell you, Bird looks really good. Spring training, I believe he's hit like four something with four home runs so far in spring training. So the Yankees got to be very happy with what they're getting out of him so far. And uh, a lot of excitement surrounding the Yankees. They got a lot of young players. The fans are, you know, excited about seeing all the young players and everything. So definitely a lot of excitement for the Yankees. And, you know, I think the Yankees definitely. I don't think they're ready this year. I think they definitely need pitching. But, uh, but you know, they got some new young players, so the Yankee fans are excited. <clears throat> you know, listen, there's always excitement. Even when I remember a couple of years ago when the Mets brought up the young pitchers, 
it's always exciting when you got some new, fresh, young faces. It's always nice. It'll get stale. Yeah, they win a lot, but they were winning. They were spending a lot of money. It's a nice change. I'm sure a breath of fresh air. I know Joe talking to Joe Dudu Brown, a big Yankee fan, says it's a, he's always said he hated the spending, but he, he likes it's a breath of fresh air to actually have young players to root for, and, uh, you know, it, that's always a good thing as well. So, you know, Yankees, listen, the Yankees will be fine. they got good young talent. You know when it's time to spend, they're going to spend. Now the question is, is Harper going to hit free agency in two years? Are they going to go hard after Harper? Pitching, how are they going to get the pitching? I think that's the question everybody's really concerned with because they're going to have hitting. What are they? What are they going to do? How are they going to get the pitching? What, what are they going to do for the pitching? You know, they have a lot of assets now. They could trade. <clears throat> Obviously, they've been talking about Jose Quintana, which would be a nice move. Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna to have to give up some top prospects to get him. So I don't know exactly which prospects they'd be willing to talk. Obviously, it's not gonna be any guys that are on the major league team now, like any of those type of prospects. But the Yankees have some good guys, really good guys on the farm. It's a question of which guys are they gonna ask for the guy Frazier? Are they gonna ask for the shortstop? Who they know they don't want to trade Torres? Like so, who, who, which guys? But to get a guy like Quintana, you gotta pay. The guy's a stud young pitcher, so. Because behind Tanaka, they got Pineda, Sabathia, Severino, Bela Warren, Chad Green, one of these guys. So Yankees clearly need a pitcher. Obviously, Sanchez, catching Bird at first, Castro, Didi, Headley, Gardner, Ellsbury, Judge, and Holiday to DH looks like the starting team for the Yankees. Open solid with Chapman, Batantis, and Clippard. <clears throat> so, again, starting pitching to me. We'll make or break the Yankee season, so we'll see. We'll see how they how they go along with that. Obviously, the Cubs looking to repeat again. Strong, you know, they're looking to repeat this year. They're strong. Obviously, got a strong team, so they're going to be a tough team to beat. They got the hitting, the pitching. They pretty much got it all. Because now they got the confidence on top of that, and that's something you just can't even put a price on the confidence. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody gets to throw them. A lot of teams got improved around the league. Some injury scares. I know the Red Sox with Price. They're saying he's probably going to start the year on the DL now. <clears throat> but they did they did avoid the major injury that, that they really thought they were going to have with Price. So it's definitely uh, definitely uh, definitely saves them some some uh, a big problem because listen, they still have plenty of pitching. You know, obviously they got Sale now. They have the reigning Cy Young, Postello, but have Price with the three. Obviously, those three you would want to have together. And obviously, a Tommy John surgery looking at most of this year, probably half the next year before you even could come back. So, obviously, Price at this point in his career, and they just gave him big money last year. They don't want – they didn't want something like that. So, luckily for them, they were able to avoid that. So, we'll see what happens. But baseball only two weeks away. And so a lot more of that next week will be a baseball preview show. On Sunday will be the show next week. Just keep it, you know, remember that. And uh, next Sunday will be a baseball preview special. So that will be a lot of fun, that show. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. So now I want to take a look at the, at the Mojo Bracket Challenge. <clears throat> so I want to see. Absolutely, two minutes away from a tip, Notre Dame and West Virginia be tipping in about two minutes. 
So we'll give you some live in-look coverage of that game as well. And uh, so the Mojo Challenge, just, you know, quickly. So through the first two days, so we have Jay, an entry Jay, 29 points, leads the way. His final four, just so you know, Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, UCLA, with Duke beating Kansas in the finals. So that's that's his complete bracket, just so you know, looking ahead. And I'm, only, I'm not going to give you all every entry thing, but I'm going to give you, like, the top ten standings. So then second place, you got Rhea with 28. In the first round, her final four is Villanova, Gonzaga, Kansas, Kentucky, with Gonzaga beating Kansas in the final. Then tied with Rhea for second is AJ, who has 28 points. His final four is Duke, Arizona, Kansas, and UCLA. So he actually has Duke beating Villanova in this one. And then Kansas beating Arizona in the championship game. So that's this one. So that's they're tied for second. Then number four in third place is a two-way tie. Marvin with 27 points. His final four is Villanova, Arizona, Carolina, with Arizona beating Kansas in the finals. And he's tied He's tied with our Magic Mike, which I'll get to you the final four. I've got to read about the Magic Mike is 27 points as well. So Magic Mike with 27 points tied for third. So that's the top five guys. Then we have Yemi. With 20, 26 points, his final four is Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, North Carolina, with Gonzaga beating Kansas in the finals. Then Steve, not Pac-Man, a different Steve with 26. With Villanova, Arizona, Louisville, UCLA, with Villanova beating UCLA. So that's seven. Anthony with 26. His final four is Villanova, Arizona, Kansas, Kentucky. With Villanova beating Kansas. Vishnu with 26. He has Baylor, Xavier. Oh, so he really went off the board here. Iowa State and Butler in his final four with Baylor beating Iowa State in the final. So, safe to say, if those teams made the final four, he'd win it easy. But odds are that ain't going to sustain. Then Dave with 25 points. His final four is Duke, Arizona, Kansas, North Carolina, with Duke beating Kansas. I'm just going to give you a couple of more. Sandy with 25, with Duke, Arizona, Kansas, and North Carolina left. Elizabeth with 25, with Duke, Arizona, Kansas, Kentucky, with Kentucky beating Duke. Padman, our man, the Padman, we'll close it out with him with 25. And his final four is Villanova, Gonzaga, Kansas, and Kentucky, with Gonzaga beating Kentucky in the final. So that's just the top ten right now. And then my man Jerome with 24 is behind there as well. So that's just like the top ten right now. Listen, long way to go. You know, now the points double this round. So the next this round is going to be interesting to see how it shakes out after how how the standings are going to actually look on Monday. So we'll keep a track we'll keep track of that. But definitely an exciting pool. Like last year, it's, it's fun. I got a lot of a lot of people uh, through the hat in the ring this year. A lot more than last year. So it's fun to keep track of. And uh, 
We'll see who's going to win the prize this year and, uh, you know, in the second annual Mojo Bracket. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm happy a lot of people participated, and thanks for participating in it. So West Virginia and Notre Dame underway. A minute and a half into the game, it's 2 nothing West Virginia. Notre Dame with the ball right now. Drive it in. Gets uh, knocked out of bounds. It'll still be Notre Dame's ball. So 18-25 left in the first half. It's 2 nothing West Virginia early. So that, this game obviously just starting. And uh, so then I believe the next game, so we don't have another game until later. So this, is, this game really takes center stage right now for a while. So Notre Dame and West Virginia. So definitely this is the only game to watch for the first uh, two hours until the next game starts at like 2.10. So Notre Dame, West Virginia gets the spotlight. Nice play, West Virginia. So West Virginia jumps out to a quick 4 nothing lead on a give and go. They're the fourth seed. Notre Dame's the five seed. So we'll keep an eye on this. And uh, some interesting, uh, like I said, some interesting matchups today. I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of these games today. I'll tell you, it was really intriguing. Nice steal by West Virginia. Oh, the guy missed an open layup. He's all alone. It's knocked out of bounds by Notre Dame, so they'll keep the ball. But tough miss right there, all alone. It could have been six nothing there. But uh, quick start for West Virginia. Notre Dame doesn't look in sync early in this game for sure. I'll tell you that. So keep an eye on that as well. So just looking at uh. Looking at the rest of the schedule for today, I'm going to pull up the schedule now, and uh, we'll, we'll start going through uh, through the games right now. Obviously, like I said, there's only one game going on right now. Hold on a second. And I think, uh, what's his name, actually really put it best, Patino, yesterday when he said, so all the top seeds, it looks like the top seeds are the ones that are tight in the in the first half, and then they put it in gear in the second half. And I, I mentioned that earlier, how it seems like the first half, the games have been close, and then the second half, seems like the teams are starting to, like, you know, the, good, the better teams start pulling away. So obviously the next game to 240 will be approximate time. Villanova, Wisconsin, so all eyes will be on that game too. And then, then the multiple games will start later in the day. At 5:15, Northwestern Gonzaga, Xavier, Florida State 6:10 and 7:10. They have games on at the same time, going all the way until later tonight, up and probably till close to 12 o'clock tonight. So, you know, not, not as many. It's 10 nothing West Virginia right now early. Remember yesterday, Miami led uh, Michigan State 10 nothing early, and then Michigan State outscored them by 30 the rest of the game. But Michigan State, you know, Tom Izzo, Michigan State's a lot bigger. A lot bigger beast than uh, most teams in the tournament. I, obviously, that this is his time of year, Tom Enzo. So, <clears throat> definitely a good a, a good start though for West Virginia. You definitely want to jump out to the big lead early. Timeout, Notre Dame with sixteen forty seven left in the first half, ten nothing West Virginia. So, big start for the Mountaineers. And uh, you know, also talking about a little what I mentioned earlier about a, a great hiring by NC State, getting uh, Keats to leave UNC Wilmington. You know, great hire. Obviously, Jordan raises, raises views around the league. And, 
you know, Patino obviously gave big thumbs up, you know, replacing Mark Godfrey. You know, and I like what he said. He has incredible respect for the history and tradition of NC State, and I'm all, he's honored by the opportunity to lead the Wolf Pack, he said in a statement. Six-year deal worth $2.2 million annually. So Kevin Keith, former assistant to Rick Pitino for four years, went to UNC Wilmington the last three years, and, you know, did a great, he did a great job. I mean, what can you say about the job? He got them back-to-back zones at 72 and 28 in his three seasons. He improved the win total each season, including a record 29 victories this season. They won the CAA regular season titles all three seasons under Keith, who became the first coach in conference history to win back-to-back coach of the year accolades. So big hiring for NC State, trying to get back. And listen, when you're competing against North Carolina and Duke in your own state for players, it's not an easy job. And, you know, I'll give, you know, Godfrey, you know, I, I always liked Godfrey. You know, he did a good job, very good recruiter. But it seemed like through the years, a lot of his players, he recruited top players. You know, he got guys like T.J. Warren into the NBA. You know, he got guys, T.J. Leslie almost got there. was a big prospect. Obviously, Dennis Smith is going to be a top five pick in the lottery this year. And Omar Jetson is going to probably be a top 20 pick, so, you know, maybe a lottery pick. So they got two, if he comes out, I don't think he should come out, but they got, you're looking at two potential lottery picks, and they didn't make the tournament. So, so a change had to be made there. But his problem, I, I noticed, Godfrey was he couldn't keep players there. Like he got the recruits, but in a year or two, a lot of these guys wanted to transfer. So it's either they didn't like his system, or they didn't like the way he was. You know, he was. So either way, a change had to be made, and it's a great hire to NC State. And uh, you know, you see, you see things like this. Obviously, Indiana, the state of the tournament. Starts fired their coach. I mean, NC State was fired their coach weeks during the season, and he finished off the season. But some of these some of these teams just don't wait. They don't, they don't want to wait. They just go out and do what they got to do, and uh, they don't care about the timing or what it means to anybody or, you know, they do what they got to do. So, But Notre Dame on the board now 10-2 in that game with West Virginia at the, almost at the 15-minute mark of the first quarter. First half, so interesting, interesting there, and uh, so let's see what else is going on here. West Virginia with the miss, Notre Dame bringing the ball up, a ten to two. So while while I'm watching this, I am going to pull up something, just waiting for this thing to come up. I'm going to briefly want to run you through the NBA standings. See, see what's going on in the NBA right now. Just check, take a quick look at the you know, at the races around the league and stuff. Because obviously we got some good. Most teams, 13, 14 games left in the season, so it's it's crunch time in the NBA. There's no doubt about it. So we'll see what's going on here. Hold on one second. I'm gonna pull this up right now. All right, so in the East, you have the Cavaliers at 45 and 22. Two games up on the Celtics at 44 and 25, three in the lost column. And they have 15 games left, and the Celtics have 13. So Cavs are looking like they'll hold on, most likely. Especially Isaiah Thomas is banged up. Washington right behind at three and a half in the third seed. Then Toronto at four, Atlanta at five. So Toronto and Atlanta battling for home court in the first round. 
Then you have Indiana that's in the sixth spot, Milwaukee seven, Miami eight. Miami jump. Miami's just not a hot team. What can you say about the Heat? I mean, Spolstro, what can you say about him? I mean, you got to give the guy coach of the year consideration. The year the guy's having to have that team in, in the eighth spot right now is unbelievable. Miami, you know they would love to get Cleveland in the first round. The Bull, the Pistons are a game out. Bulls are two out now. And now wait out for the year for the Bulls. So that could be a big Charlotte, four out. The Knicks now seven out in the lost column, pretty much done with 13 games left for the Knicks. So Right now, the Knicks. Let's see how many how many teams have a worse record than the Knicks right now. So you got three in the East, two in the so five. Right now, the Knicks would have this. You know, if the lottery balls, this is assuming everything. They would have the sixth pick, but there's two teams, the Pelicans and the Kings, right one game behind the Knicks. So you're looking at another team too, anywhere from six. I say anywhere from six to nine, right? Six. Yeah, six to nine, the Knicks are probably going to pick in the draft this year. So we'll see what happens with them. But that, that's really looking. So the Knicks are going to have a lottery pick again this year. They're desperate to turn this around. They They need something big to happen for them. They need to hit this lottery pick. That's what the Knicks need bad. So we'll see what happens there. The Nets, obviously, the Nets are just the Nets. I mean, they clearly have the, they're going to have the number one pick that goes to Boston, the two seed in the East. For the next two one years, get the, the Nets first round. I mean, what a brutal trade that turned into. So we'll see what happens there. But in the West, game and a half lead over San Antonio, close. Houston, seven and a half back now. Just so you know, in the. In the <clears throat> In the West, three teams have clinched playoff spots already. So, well, the East, the Nets are the only team mathematically eliminated. In the West, three teams have, have clinched the playoff spots. Golden State, San Antonio, and Houston have all clinched the spot. Utah is the fourth spot right now. Clippers, five. Oklahoma City, six. And then six, it's hard. Half a game apart. Memphis right behind them, and then Denver five out at eight, and then behind Denver you got Portland two out, Dallas four, Minnesota five. Minnesota was close, but now they've lost a few in a row, two in a row. So these teams can't make up any ground. Denver was still with the two-game lead, so we'll see Denver to hold on, 33 and 35. We'll see if Denver, Denver can end up holding on here and uh, securing that that spot. So. Looking at it right now, so if the playoffs started right now, you'd have Cleveland playing Miami in the first round. You'd have Boston playing the Bucks in the first round. You'd have Indiana, Washington, Indiana, which would be a good series, and then Toronto, Atlanta, which would be a real good series. So that's the first round in the East and the West. Golden State would play Denver. I don't think they'd have much problem there. San Antonio, Memphis, Houston, Oklahoma City. So you got some good matchups in the West eliminated, so are the Lakers. So right now the Lakers are set to have the second pick in the draft unless they win the lottery as well. So the Lakers are another team in position to get to improve and get better real fast. So we'll see what happens there. And then also quickly 
We're going to do, do some NHL standings here. So, obviously, the top three teams in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division, Montreal, Ottawa, and Boston, with Toronto four points behind there. In the Metropolitan, <clears throat> Washington, Pittsburgh, and Columbus, 98-97-96, with the Rangers with 91. And in the West, you have Chicago, Minnesota, Nashville, 95-92-81, with St. Louis, 79, right behind. And in the Pacific, that's in the Central, and in the Pacific, you have San Jose, 91, Anaheim, 85, Calgary, 84, Edmonton, 83. So now looking at the wild card standings, you have obviously the Rangers with 91, <clears throat> pretty secure. In this spot, they got 11 games left. Toronto has Toronto has 13 games left. They have 78 points. Islanders with 77, and Tampa with 77, but they have 12 games left. So Toronto has a game at hand on them. And then Florida 73, Philly 72. Not out of it, but they got Trump a few teams. They got their work cut out for them. In the West, Edmonton with 83. St. Louis, 79, and the Kings with 75. They all got 70 games played, so they all got 12 games left. And they all have a game in hand on Winnipeg and Dallas with 69-66. So I think that last spot's going to be up from St. Louis and L.A. in the West. I think Edmonton could be okay unless they start fading out a little, but I think Edmonton should be all right. I think St. Louis is going to probably hold on. Obviously, the Rangers, I think, are good. I'm secure. I think it's Toronto. It's going to come down to Toronto, Islanders, and Tampa. In my opinion, obviously, Florida and Philly, even Carolina and Buffalo ain't mathematically out of it, but they got their work out for them. I think it's going to be Toronto or Islanders or Tampa in the in the, in the the West. But then just looking quickly at the, at the worst record, so, you know, obviously the Devils with 64 points in the East have the worst, lowest points, Detroit second. But obviously, Colorado with 43 points is the worst team in the league right now, by far. They're the only team mathematically eliminated right now. So they're, they're the worst team. And then Arizona second. And then New Jersey third. So New Jersey right now would have the third pick in the draft. Vancouver would be fourth. Along with Detroit. So it would be the Vancouver and Detroit for fourth. So very interesting. But it looks like at least the Devils are set up for a nice draft pick. Rangers, obviously, are going to be in the playoffs. And then, obviously, last but not least, the Islanders are battling for that last playoff spot with Toronto so and Tampa Bay. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes up in the, in the final stretch of the NHL. All right, so we're going to hit the phones again. we got about a half hour left in the show. We're going to hit the phones.
up, Magic Mike? What's going on? What is going on? You know, uh, I'm just listening to, I was listening to you before, but I was listening to your standing. And uh, you have ba- basketball, basically it's uh, it's over. It was over before it even, uh, before we, you can even announce the uh, what's going to happen with the playoffs. Um, the New York Knicks are not making it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, yeah. It's probably going to be Cleveland and Golden State again anyway in the finals, so. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying, though, and, and Philadelphia is not making it either. So, for all the Philadelphia fans, there you go. So, the Knicks and Philly are going to go. They're going to be right next to the, the the Brooklyn Nets. I almost said New Jersey Nets. Yeah, yeah well, they're just, they don't even have their first round in the next two years. It's unbelievable. They're a work in progress and. uh you know, more of the Knicks, though, than Philly. Philly's at least coming up. The Knicks are, are well, just Philly's on the rise. So you yeah, know Philly's the on the rise. But I'm just, that's what I was saying. The They're coming up. They, maybe the Knicks get lucky with this lottery pick and they get a, a, a stud player. This is their chance. You know, they need that player. They need somebody they can hit on. They need to hit on this pick. The Knicks, no, yeah, the Knicks need to... They uh, can't the miss Knicks, this pick. They have to hit no, it. No, the, the Knicks are listening... My number's available. Give me a call. I'll make a pick for you. I could probably make a pick better than than, than what they've been picking in years. I mean, but that's the way it goes. Bottom line, so, is, never... bottom line is Magic Mike wants Phil Jackson's job. No, 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 no. I don't want. I don't <laughs> want Phil Jackson. No, no, I don't want Phil Jackson's job. I like Phil Jackson. I think Phil Jackson's doing a great job. I don't want his job. I, I, I Magic Mike just wants to get a ticket to the next game. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the problem. That's the you know, but but yeah. So so you know. So anyway, so going on with what? Yeah, I I I just don't. Uh, I just you know see everything as as that way. When you read the standings, it just makes it uh, makes it a lot easier to think about um, to finish out these games and then think about what's going to happen uh, for next uh, season. But but we're but in the midst games of, in a well, how about March Madness, huh? What a, what a tournament so far. What are you thinking about the tournament? Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been, listen, the teams that you're expecting to win are winning most of the games. So it hasn't been really the big, big upsets. There's been a couple of 11s knocked off a couple of sixes and a five, a 12 knocked off a five. But has it been like the frantic finishes we've seen in the past? But you're seeing the cream rise to the crop. You're seeing the good teams do what they have to do right now and win their games. Well, the cream always rises so to the top. Oh yeah, the cream, the cream of the crop always rises to the to the top, just like a cup of coffee in the big time. That's that's what it so was. What's your take on the tournament so far? I I gotta say though, you know, my take so far is it's in a very enjoyable tournament. It always uh, takes me back to when I was a kid watching it, even when I was working, you know, for Merrill Lynch and stuff and going to the bars and to watch the games after. And it just, you you, sm- you know, you smell it. You know, like March Madness is in the air. Um, you know, I, I think so far, like some of the games I've watched, like you just said, uh, you know, 11 knock, knocking off a six. I mean, uh, that's incredible. You know, that's, that's one thing. But I will say there was a game, though, that really pissed me off. And I'll tell you right now, the game that really, really got under my skin was the uh, was the Vanderbilt game. 
Hello? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I don't know what happened. Anyway, uh, the the uh, the the Vanderbilt game really annoyed the go- the crap out of me. Yeah, well, the ending of the game, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta know, you have to know what you're doing in that position. You you have to know that that you have no fouls to give. You know, it, it was just like they handed the game. They uh, was this guy yeah. Vanderbilt basically handed the game away, and. It was just like holy crap, you know. This, but this is this is you know what not to do. And then Vanderbilt has to go in there and they have to hit free free throws. And that's why I'm always pissed off when I see this because it comes down to common sense. And that's why they're college. I mean, listen, I give them a lot of credit. They're playing in a big tournament. This is a big tournament seen by worldwide. And but you're gonna make a mistake like that. That's just it was just a uh it was just a, a, a bad mistake. I mean, it got me the win, but I was more pissed off at Vanderbilt. Even though I picked even though I picked NU, um, I I still uh what do you call it? I still was 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 pissed off at Vanderbilt. I, I guess well, you have to think you have to think the coach reminded them they didn't have any fouls to give too, so um, Well that's what the that's what the announcers were saying too though. Did you watch the rest of the game, or did you, or were you on your way home from work when it was on? No, I was watching it. I was home yesterday. Oh, you were home. Okay, I didn't know if you were home. You know, it was, it was, it was one of those. It was one of those those games where it just, you know, like, like that. That just sometimes, I guess, because I'm so used to, you know, I'm so used to basketball, and I'm so used to, like, you know doing things myself like that, and it just, you know, little mistakes. You know, I, 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 can re, I can remember when I used to play basketball, I used to be outside shooting free throws um, for four hours. Yeah, well, you know, also, you know, some of these guys, listen, there'll be a lot of guys, they'll tell you when they're in the gym by themselves, they hit all their free throws, but, you know, when it's, when you're trying to hit a free throw with thirty thousand people there, yeah, that's you know, what it is too. To no, you're you, right. It's a whole different game, you know. No, you're right, a hundred percent. But um, you know, but but like going like going to today now. Now you got this beautiful tournament set up, and I want to thank you for that. I mean, you're doing a great job. You really keep uh, March Madness alive, and you really, you really, when you do this tournament every year, Anthony, it's just a a, a blessing in disguise. I got to tell you that. You know, it's one of my favorite tournaments. I love March Madness. You know, for many years, as far as I can go back, I take off. I take off. I take two vacation days every year, those two, <laughs> the, the Thursday and Friday, just to watch college basketball. I've been doing it for many years. I mm. remember watching it as a kid. It's always been a great – I just love hanging out, watching. So the Thursday and Friday to me are the best two days. you got basketball from 12 to 12, basically. Yeah. I mean, you got and multiple for, games on at once. Yeah, you know, and, it's just and unbelievable. For those of you, and for those of you who don't remember, this is the the beauty part of the whole deal. I've had Direct TV, like now I don't have it now, but I had it in the past. And like I said, I used to do the same thing when I worked for Merrill Lynch. I used to take off. I used to take off um, uh, the first day, and I used to take a use a vacation day for the first day, and um, I used to get the the package. Now 
in that package, you had every, you know, in the college basketball, you had every every game to flip with the package. Now, because they set up, now they don't even, I don't even think they offer the package no more because you have four networks that are in tune with, that are in tune with the tournament. So you have CBS, you have TNT, TBS, and True TV. So you could, and, and you know what? What's great about it is that you could just you could switch it on and off. If a, guy, a team's getting blown out, you could switch it to the next game. There's you always go a watch game any on game. if you want. Yeah. Yeah, there's always a game on. I mean, and I remember paying fifty bucks um, for the package. And also, I remember after you know, and a lot of times it was on St. Patrick's Day. So I used to meet my friends, and we used to. We used to go to the bars and we used to watch the games on TV and we used to do the pools and stuff. And that's the beauty part. That's the beauty part of the whole, the, that was the beauty part. The thing that pisses me off the most is that now, on when, whenever, whenever they release the schedule, they put it in the paper. So they give you one, I guess, one shot to get the bracket. Because I went to get the bracket the other day and it wasn't there. So I had to do all my stuff on, online. But it nevertheless... Um, but uh, well, what, game, what, Everything's online now, what so game did you think was the best game so far? Let me tell you. I, I thought the SMU game yesterday was a great game. You know, yeah, that SMU game I thought was a great game. They, they, you know, they, they lost the game at the end. They had the chance to win the game at the end. But I thought that was a very exciting game. And I thought yeah, it, I thought it, the it, Seton Hall game was really good too. Yeah, Seton Hall. Yeah, that was a that Arkansas. was a uh, that was a really that Seton Hall was a really good game. There, there's so many. I mean, I personally like the I personally games I really liked though. I enjoyed the Cincinnati, um, the the Cincinnati game, um, the Kansas <laughs> the State one. I I enjoyed that one. Uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga looked uh, impressive. They smoked, and that's another thing. A sixteen never beat a one seed yet, so I would love to see that at one time. Me too. I'd love to see it. Even though, even you know, even though there goes your, you know, your ones, there goes your ones. But hey, you know what? Because because you know, a lot of people pick the ones. Um, the game that's on now is pretty interesting. Notre Dame um, at West uh, with West Virginia. You know, West Virginia jumped out to a 10 not lead. Notre Dame battled back, and now they got it back up to like eight, I think. West Virginia, right? Yeah, and I and I uh, what do you call? And I and I actually picked um, Notre Dame to to go uh, to the next round against Gonzaga. Yeah, so it's going to be a, this should be a close game. But I expect Notre Dame to hang in this game. So do I, but, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it's it's early yet, and uh, and and uh, but you never, but you never know. I mean, uh, so far, and I gotta give a shout out to my man. I gotta give a shout out to Bay Ragney because because when I made my predictions for my final four, and and uh, and and he he wrote me no Nova, and he put no right under it, and then I wrote it back. I'm like, who do you want to win in the final four? And he goes. I don't really. He goes. I don't really follow the tournament. I work five minutes away from where Nova, put, where where you know from from Villanova. <laughs> so I said. So 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 
So I was kidding with them. I called them a homer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, going over, they're looking to repeat. They got high expectations. So, oh man, it's it it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a uh, you know. It just like you said, just lights out. You know, tournament. Um, I I love this time of year. You know, you got today, you got tomorrow, you got tonight, you got you got tomorrow. You know, it's just it's a it's a who's who of best college basketball teams. I mean, you know, the only only team that's missing are my UConn Huskies, but and my NC State Wolfpack. And your NC, right, right. You're out, and your NC, that's right. And your NC State Wolfpack. It's always exciting to watch, but it's even more exciting when your team's in it. You know. Well, I mean, listen, you know, and, and that's another thing. 1999, people bet me, bet me that UConn's not going to win. UConn doesn't have a chance. UConn's not going to win. And everybody out of the, and their brothers were wearing Duke shirts and this, that, my old job, this, that, this, that, that. I'm glad I made the bet. I'm glad I made the bet. Every time I, 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 I was going, every time that, that I had – you know, a basketball game that I was working with or something, and we were playing basketball with my friends, you know, in the gym. They're all wearing, they're all excited. We're going to have a party on Monday night. Yeah, I'll be there. Showed up with my Yukon Husky Blue. I was maybe, I don't know, maybe I was, I think I was the only fan there. All those Duke fans. When when Yukon won, I was the happiest that day. And all the, the Duke were coming up to me, the fans saying, good game, good game, good game. So, hey, listen, back I, said, I said you should send your Duke thank you to Jim Calhoun. Just like Mike and the Mad Dog. They had to really eat, eat, a lot of, um, eat a lot of their words. They, they had Jim Calhoun on the program. They were kissing Jim Calhoun's butt on the program. Hey, listen, Connecticut always had a knack for winning big games, you know, under Calhoun. Yeah, and, and, and you know, a lot of people always said that Calhoun was – was overrated. Calhoun was Calhoun was the right guy. No, he wasn't overrated. No, exactly. Calhoun was, a great, Calhoun was a great coach. I'll tell you, Connecticut Connecticut had a couple of great games in the past with NC State in the tournament, a couple of classic games. NC State knocked them out once, and Connecticut knocked NC State out twice. They had, yeah. like, three really good and memorable tournament games, those, those two teams. Yeah, I remember right. games when it was Ray Allen. I remember Ray Allen did it then. Karan Butler. Yeah, and then I and I remember Julius Hodge for us. He helped us beat Connecticut the one. Yeah, Ray so. Allen. Uh, Ray Allen was uh, Ray Allen was an unbelievable player. Um, Richard Hamilton was unbelievable too. Richard Hamilton. Um, it just just uh, Elamin Elamin was another one. Elamin was really good. Um, you know. Yeah, we we had some good we had some good players. I actually got to I I actually that was my first uh, that was my first tournament that I um that for Big East that I ever went to, which was in 1999. I went to see uh, UConn almost lost too. They played Seton Hall and I they almost lost that game. I remember it was on the Thursday, and uh, it started at 12 o'clock, and uh, it was it was just a memorable the first. The first uh, game that I ever went to for Big East, and uh, I'll never forget. Uh, I'll never forget that. You know, those are classic moments you don't forget in your life. You know. 
No, definitely not. So three-pointer from Notre Dame. It's now 30-24, to 24, West Virginia, but under six minutes left in the first half. So Notre yeah, Dame creeping is, uh, back into this, this is, game. This is great. This is an all-day thing and tomorrow. and uh, Although tomorrow I think I'm going to take a timeout and go to the uh, – I have to go to the movie. <laughs> and I have, I have not been able to see Logan. I got to get to see Logan. Yeah, you got to get out there. I haven't seen I know, it myself I know. Yet. Every time I try to go out to see Logan, I see that and pretty, I want to see Kong. pretty soon they'll be coming to see King me, Kong you know? Movie. You know, I want to see the King Kong movie, so. Yeah, I'm not really a King Kong per- person. <laughs> I, you know, but I'm laughing because the last time that someone offered me to go see King Kong, we never got to see it. <laughs> we were supposed to go around my birthday, and we never got to go see it. And I gotta call I gotta call your show this week and tell you about the wrestling event. Yeah, I mean you should call it anyway. <laughs> what 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 you know? This this is what, I'm gonna call this, this week. You didn't, you didn't yeah, do it this week, I, right? I yeah, I couldn't it. yeah, I know, I, I had to I had to postpone it. Uh but this week uh this week um I'm coming back and I'm coming back strong. This week I'm coming back strong. After some events that took place on uh on Thursday night, about, I don't know, midnight, kind of. No, maybe 1 o'clock in the morning when I was getting ready to go to bed. And um, just an old, for some reason, there's an old rivalry with me and a couple of guys that I used to work with in another station. And they decided to be bullies. So I decided to call their show and give it to them straight. And it looks like now the, the, heat, the heat's on. You know, I'll, I'll say this, Anthony. When you had a friend that you thought was your friend, and you find out that the only reason why he was your friend was so you can get him his own show and get him over, and then when you call the show and you're like, you're, you know, you, you think like, okay, why would he do this? And then I'm like, there's a guy on there he knows I don't like, and then when he tells me all this stuff, and then when I listen to the, to the thing, I said to myself, okay, it's on. He's no longer a friend. I won't mess with it, but I'll tell you this. Now he changed the way I, I I think and how maybe I should up my game with my show. Not I'm not gonna have anybody tell me how to do it, but maybe you know some of the things like like he had another guy and the other guy was asking me questions about stuff, you know. And then when they said to me, "Well, you weren't in the wrestling business. You're just a fan. You're just a mark," and I'm like, "You got you guys are the fans. You guys are the ones, you know." Well, you know, who did you manage? I, I can honestly say that I managed, you know, that I worked with the with the independent. I never got big, but I can honestly say that I did it, and I can honestly say that, that a lot of my friends are doing well, but, you know, so that's so that this week's going to be a little different. We come in on at 8 o'clock, we go strong till 11, and from now on in, my show is going to be rated R. So I'm changing uh, the rating for my show. I'm I'm changing it to rated. I'm changing it to rated R, and rated R stands for. Rated R is going to be standing for red. It's going to be red hot. That's why it's going to have red hot content. Magic Mike Pro Wrestling now will now be rated R, and uh, we're going to talk about anything and everything in the world of wrestling, and maybe maybe stuff that that people shouldn't know about. Maybe stuff that got leaked. Well, the, the wrestling thing I went to last week, 
there was actually one extra match that wasn't announced that they ended up having. It was uh, it started off the show actually. Shane McMahon came out, and you know he was talking all about WrestleMania, and then AJ Styles came out saying that he should get a title shot. And he got screwed, and then so Shane McMahon gave him one more chance and gave him a match against Randy Orton. So AJ Styles and Randy Orton had a match, and uh. Randy Orton won the match when the uh, AJ Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, and as he jumped off the top rope, Randy Orton jumped up and RKO'd him off the top rope and pinned him. So it was a it was a great match and a nice surprise match that we weren't expecting. <clears throat> and uh, and this uh, this show. week, no, and it, it's it's going to be awesome. I I can honestly say I read the results and I read the uh, I read the results of the show. And, uh, no, I mean, obviously it's more in-depth when you explain some of the stuff to me. But heading into, Wrestle- heading into WrestleMania, um, heading into WrestleMania, we now know that it's going to be Shane versus AJ Styles. So that's going to yeah. be a phenomenal match. And I think it's going to be phenomenal for two reasons. Number one, we know that AJ is a phenomenal wrestler. But Shane McMahon could wrestle as well, as we learned last year against The Undertaker. And Shane McMahon's not afraid to go high risk and all that stuff. So it's going to be a really good match uh, coming into WrestleMania. And I'm happy to see Shane versus the phenomenal one. Uh, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a really good match, I think. Yeah, another interesting one was uh, Cena versus Bray. So Bray got himself counted out. And then Shane McMahon came out and said the match has got to continue. No disqualification, no count out. And then Bray, Bray won when he hit Cena with a low blow. And then he pinned Cena, and then he grabbed the microphone. It was a dark match. You know, everything went dark for that match. And then uh, and then he grabbed the microphone, and he says he hates John Cena, and he's going to end his career. And he got the table out. And as he went to put Cena through the table, Cena picked him up, and then hey, hey, Bray Wyatt through the table to end the show. So that's how the show ended. And right. Brock uh, before you go, before you go on with the results, I just want to say a couple of things. Number one, I, I just want to say that I've seen the pictures of your son, little uh, uh, little Anthony, and of course your wife, oh, by the way. And a shout out to both of them, um, very good people, as well as you are. But anyway, and I've seen I've seen that your son. Did did you guys get to meet any other guys? Did you get to see them coming out and in? Yeah, we actually met James Ellsworth in the parking lot. While we were waiting for the car, he came walking by, and he was waiting for his car, literally right next, right across from us. So I see somebody else went up to him. He took a picture of the kid, and so I said, you know what, I'll try it. I went over there. He was a nice guy, shook our hands, took a picture, you know, and, you know, just shook his hand and said goodbye. You know, we didn't really talk too much with him, but he, he was right. a nice guy. He took the picture. There was too many people. There was a lot of people there. And a couple other people went up to him afterwards, but... uh but then it was funny because we're standing there, and all of a sudden everybody starts roaring, and who comes walking by? Bray Wyatt and Jay Uso. Right. And uh, but they didn't even stop or look at anybody. They just kept walking no. and went right to their car. So they yeah, didn't want to stop because they knew they would get swarmed. But yeah, Bray, Bray's a big dude. Let me tell you, when you see Bray up close, Bray Wyatt's a big guy, man. Oh yeah, I've seen Bray up. Uh, yeah, I've seen Bray up close coming out of the Madison Square, coming out of the doors. I, I've seen Bray many a times uh, at house shows, uh, at house shows and stuff. And uh, yeah, he's a he, he's an intense uh, looking guy. I mean, uh, but 
it's also awesome to see them come in too. Like, like, uh, like yeah. you know, when I went to that Madison Square Garden show, and when Brock took on, uh, when Brock took on what's his name, the Beast took on the Big Show, um, when they had they announced that, it was actually funny because Paige, Paige, uh, Paige and um, what Kevin Owens, they were doing a signing at Caroline's, and they came a little late, and. You know, when Ke- and Kevin Owens got out of the truck and then Paige got out and Kevin Owens came over and that's when I, I yelled at Kevin, you know, because I know Kevin and I'm yelling at him. And then Paige, um, Paige is walking in and we're all saying hello to Paige and she's like, you know, I want to take pictures with you guys, but I'm going to be late, you know. And she was cool. She was shaking hands with the fans. She was, you know, t- you know, signing a little bit and then she, she ran in. And it just sometimes the, the wrestlers – are the night? I mean, they are nice. All of them are nice, but sometimes they're busy. But sometimes they, even though if they're walking fast to get in, they'll still acknowledge. They'll still turn around. They'll still, they'll still acknowledge you. Yeah, well, Bray Bray was looking to just get out of there. You could tell he didn't want to stop. You know, if he stopped, he was going to get stuck there. Yeah, but well, Mike, that's what happens in, too. I'm closing in on one o'clock. I'm going to close out the show, but I'm going to definitely call in and we'll talk about the rest of these results on your show on Wednesday. And uh, you know, enjoy the tournament. I appreciate you calling in as always. Yeah. And enjoy the rest of the basketball this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be it's going to be pretty uh, pretty interesting. You know, this uh, this weekend's going to be good. And I want to thank you, Anthony, for having me on as always and letting me rant a little bit. Um, and uh, let's gear up for, you know, let's gear up for this week and, you know, let's do Pro Wrestling Now with Magic Mike Ferrara. 8 o'clock to 11, 718-508-9883, right here on Totally Driven Radio Entertainment Network. Thanks, Anthony. Say hello to your family for me, buddy. Thanks. I will, man. Enjoy your weekend. I'll speak to you soon. You, you too. Thanks Bye-bye. again. Magic Mike Ferrara calling in as always, doing a good job. Talking some college and talking some wrestling as always. His show can be heard every Wednesday. Pro Wrestling Now with Mike Ferrara every Wednesday night on Totally Driven Network from 8 to 11. The best wrestling show out there. Very knowledgeable. Gives you a lot of, has a lot of great guests and gives you all the up to date rumors and things going on. So if, you want, if you're a big wrestling fan, it's the show to listen to. You get everything you need. You could call in, you can talk, you know, whatever you want to ask questions. It's a good show. So definitely give it a shot. If you're a wrestling fan out there, I know that I got a lot of friends I know are wrestling fans, so definitely give it a, you know, definitely give it a listen. It's a good show. All right, so as we're closing in on one o'clock, another great show in the books. Did a lot of college basketball today, much madness of course, and it's a big weekend. We did a lot of NFL. In the middle of the show with PDB and, and Dudu Brown did a great job. Adam pulled in as well to do some football, so that was a great job. And uh, you know we did a little baseball. We did some NBA and NHL standings. So we knocked out a lot of stuff. We even talked a little wrestling today. So we got a lot of stuff in today. And college basketball, obviously, the focus right now a minute and a half left in the first half, minute and thirty-four. West Virginia on the free throw line just hit the second free throw, so it's 38 to 29. West Virginia over Notre Dame with a minute and 34 left in the first half. West Virginia, the 10 nothing starts, pretty much held the lead and uh, pretty much controlled the game. 
Notre Dame did make a little run to get it a little close to West Virginia. Seems like every time Notre Dame makes a run, they got an answer. So we'll see. I, I think this game could get closer to the second half. I think I expect a, a close finish. But so everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks for calling in for the calls and special guests today, of course. And uh, you know, obviously, happy birthday to Foley from Pine Bush who called in earlier. Always, always great to hear from her. Have, have a great birthday, 75th birthday, and uh, you know, shout out to my little Mojo and Tony, my wife Tony out in Florida. Looking forward to missing you guys and seeing you in two days. So definitely, uh, you know, have fun, and I'll see you guys in two days. And uh, yeah, so next week baseball preview next Sunday will be the show on next Sunday. So everybody. Uh, Definitely tune in for that, the baseball preview, special edition on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. So tune in to that. It'll be definitely a great show as always, predictions and all that stuff, fantasy. So a good show. Thanks again, everybody listening and calling in. Until next week, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the college basketball, and I'll see everybody next week.